So last week, I made a sexy little ad telling you guys to go to our merch store, iycmgmerch.bigcartel.com, and none of you did it. So I'm going to do it again. <laughs> I have Don't give everything fucking, away. I have a fucking gun to your head right now, and I swear to fucking God, I swear to God, if you don't go to our merch store at imcmg.bigcartel.com, I will pull the fucking trigger. And guess what? The dog's next. So go on your computer or on your phone to iycmgmerch.bigcartel.com. Buy a shirt, buy a hat, shit, buy the book bag. I don't give a fuck. Just buy something. iycmgmerch.bigcartel.com. Hit our music, Charlie. I do I do not support dog violence, pet violence of any type, I'm gonna be honest. Oh, so if I kill if I kill them it's fine. Just don't don't shoot the dog. Listen, if you really like... well, Dawson can't legally own a gun, so we're okay. You're you're actually okay, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> you just lucky they let you near Tarlin school. That's all I gotta oh, say. Oh shit. Jesus Christ. Anyway, yeah, there's, there's no Asians that work there. It's fine. If you catch yeah. Dalton's felony. You catch Dalton's fetish. <laughs> I, I am the artist formerly known as Dalton. Yes. We are joined by Austin. <laughs> Have no. <laughs> and Charlie Butters. I do not uh, identify women uh by their ethnicity and how much i want to fuck a certain ethnicity so yeah that's me butters jesus are we just leaking the group that i didn't say anything that's not me i'm, I'm innocent <laughs> i i hardly ever read the group chat i know fucker <laughs> all right so i have a story all right, this so time. I'm technically, I'm technically on the joke. austin's I'm austin's on strike so he doesn't do uh, yeah he's on the writer's strike right now yeah I, I didn't write a lot for this episode so i'll just uh i'll give our listeners the uh i'll smarten them up a little bit you don't have to you really don't i can no, tell you my really story. don't you're it's, good it's, yeah you're good no, and even edit that out no it's fine then posted a picture of hikaru shida which is uh all the wrestling woman's wrestler hikaru shida and I bark like a dog. In text form. I know at this point, I know Dalton well enough to know what's really going to set him off. And so every once in a while, because I do have downtime every once in a while, I get bored. I just decide to send him a picture that I know the response is going to be in all caps. Bark, 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 bark. <laughs> Sorry, Caitlin. I'm, I'm questioning. <laughs> I'm really questioning the the podcasts that I uh, produce because you're not the first uh, co-host that has barked on air. So who has barked? Jay Gold, Marcy, Marcy, Marcy. I fucking really question what maybe I'm doing I was with just my like, life right now. Maybe I just like was trying to manifest a Jay Gold barking at a picture of a female pro wrestler on a podcast. Because I mean, I I miss that. I do listen to <laughs> IW Guide, and I definitely never heard that. <laughs> Uh, have you seen this thing everybody uh, on like wrestling Twitter and they're all about like talking about serving cunt? Yes, I'm it's well not aware just of wrestling that. Twitter, it's like it's just it's, it's a, all over like now, a, yeah, it's all over. But yeah. like the first I thing. saw it was like I saw like Ziggy talking about it, and like I, I literally like sent her a conversation between me and Marcy because I was asking about it. I'm like, 
I had to post the the meme from uh I think you should leave where he's just like, I don't know what any of this is and I'm scared. <laughs> Whenever the uh Barbie movie came out, uh you know, everybody was like posting like the meme template, like the Barbie poster behind them, which is yeah. like a picture of them. Uh Caitlin posted a picture, uh this Barbie surfs cunt, and it was just a picture of her. <laughs> so, uh, and i was like in my head i was like what the fuck does that mean but she already picks on me for being an old man so i didn't want to say anything bro yeah i i, I was like i guess i'm being an old because i asked marcy and she's like oh it's a gay thing don't it's worry about thing. it yeah yeah that's and i'm just it's not like, an old thing it's a it's a you guys are finally catching on to what we've been talking about for a while that that happens a lot <laughs> <laughs> the gays, the gays are everywhere. <laughs> and Dalton is Dalton's about to to have his gay death, and then in ten years he'll be reborn as a uh, gay daddy. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Charlie's learned quite a bit this last. Yeah, I, I only have uh, three more years before I can be a gay daddy, and I'm excited. <laughs> have we ever talked? Have we ever talked? I don't. Have we ever talked on this show about the hanky code? No, no, but I'm curious. Well, I've I've heard I've heard things. Oh, like, I know what the hang, fuck hanging out of the back is. pocket, right? Yeah, yeah, the back pocket. Left pocket, yeah, yeah, left or right, and the color was like connected directly to whatever kink you were into, right? Like yeah, water yeah, sports yeah, and stuff that. like that. Because yeah. I remember there was an episode of Rescue Me where the guy they were doing the calendar and he had one hanging out of his back pocket. So then everybody thought he was into water sports. Yeah. Yep, that's yep, that is that's the only that's hang is from the song drop it like it's no yeah just drop it like it's hot snoop dog was like i got the flag hanging out my backside yeah on the left side yeah that's the crip side what up what's up <laughs> yeah i'm gonna buy i'm gonna <laughs> buy you a, i'm gonna buy you a red one dalton next time you're in new york oh i'm throwing up seas brother that's crip. yeah you, you don't even know what the red one is that's the thing you don't even know what the red one is no, it's it's blood, bro. I listen to Lil Wayne. I don't no, know. It's, it's this. I this is what it is. I listen to YG. No, no. I know what the this, red bandana this, is. This is the red bandana right here. You telling me right now? Uh huh. And on God's green earth, that YG and Lil Wayne are getting well. Lil Wayne might, but YG is getting fisted. Yeah, if he's talking about red <laughs> red bandanas in his back pocket, or he's That's into it, or he's, he's into fisting somewhere. Or he's fisting someone. Depends on which pocket you put your your bandana, your bandana in. So bad for Kalani. <laughs> or maybe not. <laughs> or maybe not. <laughs> if so you're, Austin, if, you went, you were uh, K into Chris uh, into fisting or what? No, no, I, that's not my thing. I, I'm trying really hard not to bring out previous conversations into this and make a really mean joke. So let's continue on. Uh, what, did you you had a, you had specifically told me I had to remind yes. you like I'm R two D two about a certain thing. So I uh, I'm your only hope. What's going on? My R two D two, and I appreciate you living up to that. No, I just so I um was. Sending a text, man. I was at work. I mean, I was working from home that day, but I was I was working, and I had to text um, one of the company I work for, the one of their C suites. I'm not going to say exactly who or what position, but like a very high up. And I'm I'm texting about something, and as I'm texting him, he calls me. Like his number shows up, and I'm like what the fuck? Like, that's weird. But I've been reading a lot about psychics for this episode. So I was just kind of like, yeah, maybe he's, you know, just calling. I don't know. He's calling us. So anyway, I pick up the phone and this, this individual is jokey, likes to joke and says things and with a very straight face. And so he said, Hey, um, he's like, Hey, so 
the police are here. There's like a bunch of cops here for you. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh, ha ha ha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, you know, the damnedest thing is once, you know, if you set one fire for the rest of your life, they call you a fucking arsonist and it's not fair. So I made the joke back and he goes, no, no, actually the FDNY is standing here and they need to talk to you. Now, FDNY is the fire department. So I've just now said on speakerphone that I oh, am an arsonist no. <laughs> who I now have to talk to and for work reasons and like figure out what the hell they're doing in our office when I'm not there. Uh, so, yeah, that was fun. So <laughs> the only thing I, <laughs> I was like, hey, that's cool. I start I start fires. And hi. <laughs> did, they, did they laugh at least? No, he didn't laugh at all. I said, I picked up the phone and I and I was like, "Hey, how are you doing?" He's like, "Good, good." And he started asking me questions. I said, "So I guess that joke kind of went over like a lead balloon." And he's like, "Just pause for a second and he kept asking me questions." And I was like, "Shit." <laughs> All I can think of, though, is that I'm really glad I didn't use the other story that's very similar, That which is like, you, you fuck one goat, and for the rest yeah. of your life, yeah. you're a goat fucker. <laughs> just, I'm really glad I didn't use that, because I think that that might have been worse. I just, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, it was it was pretty right on the head that it was a a, a, a fire joke I instead of like was shook. I was like, what? but like to me, he calls me. I'm like, there's like there's in the list of things that he could be calling me about. I don't expect that he's standing right next to a couple of people right. from the fire department because they have to do some inspection on my floor. I, usually, I know about that and I'm there and I deal with it and it's fine, whatever. But. It's like a surprise visit. And I'm like, why would he call me about that? I don't know. Anyway, my friend yeah. that has a similar saying, uh, dude, I was dating this girl. She was a real tiny thing, like 18. She was very religious. And I decided to bring her over there because it was fucking, it's my boy's house. So we were all hanging out. I was like, well, you, you can come with me. It's fine. And his dad is in the living room. His dad is like this old motherfucker. Like he had Dakota very old and he's a Vietnam vet. So he was just like sitting there making jokes. He looked at me like, Dalton, listen here, son. You could fuck a million bitches. It don't matter. You suck one cock. You're a cocksucker for the rest of your life. <laughs> and I looked at my girlfriend. She was horrified. She was like, oh. and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I've I've definitely heard that before. I I feel like it might be like an Andrew Dice Clay thing too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I like that. I like that. I, it just doesn't work when I tell it. So <laughs> well, you are a cocksucker for the rest of your life. That's out of my repertoire. <laughs> See, you're the opposite. You sucked a million cocks. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't work the opposite way. It doesn't work, you know? It, that's, you that's a million cocks, but you lick that's... one pussy and you're a pussy licker for the rest of your life. No, that's not how that works. And that is called discrimination, kids. <laughs> Oh shit! Uh, please help no children. I'm sorry, Dalton. I don't want to think about Austin Goblin on some cock right now. Just yeah, uh, really? can we just discuss what we're here to well, discuss today? I do. <laughs> Save it for the group text. Anyway, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> we're here today <laughs> to talk about a guy that neither of you knows anything about. I am fairly confident that I can say that. Uh, and this is a dude whose name is uh, Sean David Morton, not Chuck Norris, Sean David Morton. Um, And uh, 
he's a guy of many talents. He's he's he does a lot, and I feel like the word talent needs air quotes. Yeah, well, I'm gonna let everybody listening judge for themselves because I just this guy has gotten got into my crawl a number of years ago, and every time I listen to him, I want to punch things. Um, but does he suck dicks? <laughs> well, I don't want to spoil anything. Well, I do. <laughs> but he might have been in prison for six years. And so you never know. <laughs> A squirrel master came out of left field. I'm yeah, somebody's no. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So Sean David Morton, we're going to talk about him today. Uh, he might sue us. He really likes to sue people who talk shit about him. But I, I, I don't know. Well, I Go got up. no fucking money. Have fun. <laughs> yeah. I'll give you a 50%. Here's a 50% coupon to our big cartel. <laughs> <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Gun to your fucking head. I watch the MG merch. Bigcartel.com. <laughs> So uh, usually I start these like talking about their early life and their birth. I'm not going to do that for this guy because number one, it's really hard to trust anything that you find out about him because there's just, just, I mean, obfuscation by bullshit is this guy's MO. He's like, just throw enough stuff out there and people will leave you alone. But um, his kind of official story is that he, he's from California or moved to California when he was young, but he's a California guy. He was, you know, kind of picking up some some work in entertainment. He was also apparently managing a strip club. And then he kind of got bored by doing that. Like he kind of paints himself as like, oh, I was this big shot and I did all this great things and it was great, but I got bored. Something was missing in my life. And so, you know, he like went to Tibet. bored of the pussy. Yeah. Or something like that. Um, <laughs> Which is actually funny because later in life he does uh, raise cats, so he's surrounded oh, yeah. by by pussy all the time. So he, he just switched. He just switched the pussy out. That's all. <laughs> he's gonna. Well, you know what he's gonna do? He's really gonna help prove that that thing that they said in Tiger King, where it's like anybody who's into cats is a weirdo. That, bingo! Like, <laughs> oh yeah, like it's all pushes one of his two cats away. <laughs> Dude, there's a difference between having a couple of pets and there's a difference between like breeding cats in your in your trailer and selling them to people. Well, you just had the third trailer in there, didn't you? Because <laughs> I'm talking about you. <laughs> who is literally broadcasting from a trailer. <laughs> that was your MO. You're the, you're the trailer, trailer trash heartthrob. We got trailer trash heartthrob. <laughs> You changed it from white trash heartthrob because you moved into a trailer. No, 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 I lived in a trailer when, whenever I came up with that, and then I moved to a trailer park. <laughs> King of the trailer um, park. So, yeah. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna just start. Um, I'm just gonna let him introduce himself. I'm gonna let him introduce himself. This actually, Art Bell is going to introduce him because we got a ton of Art Bell clips. And so this is actually going to be uh, Sean David Morton's introduction from the uh, episode of Coast to Coast AM from January 29th, yeah. 1990, uh, 1998. And hang on one second. Fuck yeah. So I just I just want you to hear, um, you know, how Art describes him. This is his bio. This is who this guy is. And, and we'll get your thoughts. This is, should be pretty quick. Sean David Morton has degrees in drama political science, organic chemistry from the University of Southern California. He attended Stanford, 
the British International School in Cairo, Egypt, and has a doctorate in theology as well. In the summer of 76, he was part of a team that developed the original remote viewing protocols at the Stanford Research Institute. Then later, he studied Tibetan Buddhism with the Dalai Lama at his school in India. Later became an initiated monk of the Black Hat Mastered, uh, uh, Black Hat Order at a monastery in Nepal. It was there that he mastered certain meditation techniques that allow him to journey into and visualize future events and tune into the frequency of our Earth. He has used this visionary technique with obvious great success in predicting very specific Earth changes and occurrences. So, coming up in just a very few moments, Sean David Morton. He sounds like a witch. Right? He sounds like he should be the most famous person that you've heard of. Like, I've never heard anybody's education credentials that sound like that. And then right. he met the Dalai Lama and studied to be a Tibetan monk. And it's it's so absurd. It's like, it, it, it's almost like you. it's so absurd that people be like, well, nobody would make up something that stupid. <laughs> you know? So it's got to yeah, be for real. <laughs> yeah, they would. Um, so yeah, so this guy claims uh, to be a psychic, among uh, quite a few other things. And we're, you know, how I love psychics, especially weirdo scammer psychics. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about him. And we're... I thought you were gonna talk about Dalton's nipples that he was just showing <laughs> off nipples, which we just saw. So that'll go on the that'll go on the Patreon. That little clip I can <laughs> the videos don't no that doesn't you don't have to keep doing it. Why, why, why are you licking them that you should not be able to do that as a man just because other men in this group probably could does not mean you should do <laughs> the stolen valor <laughs> stolen nipple uh, that's the worst kind of stolen valor man i swear it to really God. is <laughs> Um, all right, so we're going to be listening to uh, pretty much all of these clips with a couple of exceptions that I'll allude to are just from one session, one interview with Art Bell. So we're just going to go through just one episode because I think that it hits so many different things. It's it's a little uncanny, but it also really demonstrates who this guy is. So um, this is from December 29th, 1997. This is from Art's annual prediction show. So he'd always have psychics and he'd have people call in and make predictions for the next year. So this is now predictions of the year 1998. Do you remember anything about 1998, Dalton? Uh, for Christmas in 1998, I got a Nintendo 64. It had a Star Wars game on it. It was from, it was from my mom's boyfriend, and she immediately broke up with him after Christmas. And, uh, Did he take the yeah. Nintendo back? No, no. She was dating him for the sole purpose that we would have Christmas presents on Christmas. <laughs> wow. Jeez. That's not the she answer I was expecting. <laughs> when I'm in all right well here we go this is from uh sean's introduction by art it's slightly different than the last one we listened to which was only about a month later so uh here you go psychics futurists astrologers and nostradamus scholars who have all come together with a sacred vow and mission to warn educate and enlighten mankind and future generations so that is not the newsletter that is the associate group they do produce, though, the Delphi Associates newsletter, which began publication in March of 1993, 
to counteract the panic and fear that was being generated in the metaphysical New Age community about the destruction of California and the world. Since our first publication, we've become the premier publication in America on prophecy, prediction, and phenomenology. I guess that's right. Our record for successful predictions <laughs> remains unmatched yeah, awesome. and unique. We will ask about that. We are literally the only ones left standing in the field due to our phenomenal success ratio. The Delphi Associates newsletter has also broken a number of exclusive stories, which have become, uh, of course, worldwide news, such as the interview with the Pleiadian contact, Adrian, and the story of the Alien 51 interview. So there you have it. We'll tell you how you can get that newsletter, of course, as the program continues. But here is Sean David Morton. Indeed, here is Sean David Morton. So did you, there, there's a lot there. Did you kind of get the, the gist of it? Yeah, yeah. It sounds like a whole bunch of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this guy. Poor Art can't even pronounce the shit that this guy's into. <laughs> yeah, but he learns pretty quick because this guy is on Coast to Coast a shitload of times i mean this is pretty early on in his run um but this guy so basically what he does his business is the thing that he's trying to sell is he create he and uh, allegedly he and some other psychics and like nostradamus experts and other people that are into the same kind of grift um get together and they publish a newsletter that is predicting the future events like earth changes other things um, and so you can call this number and get a subscription. I think at the time it was $50 a month. It went up to $60, not $50, 50? a month. sorry, $50 a year. Sorry. $50 a year. Oh my God. And it went up to $60 a heart attack. I know. <laughs> I $50 1998 money would be insane <laughs> to pay somebody every yeah. month. <laughs> Um, uh, and so, yeah, you would get a newsletter in the mail. This is, this was, you know, pre big internet newsletters. You were still paying to physically have, have them in the mail and they would predict certain things and people paid you to do that. And so that's kind of his, that's mostly his grip. God, we are in the wrong line of work. Maybe I missed it. Did you, is this based on the guy from the men who stare at goats or whatever that, that movie is? So, so you caught something in there. They were talking about love that movie. By the way, it's you know the you know who wrote the book, right? Yeah, we talked about it last podcast. Okay, good, good. Just making sure. (laughs) Um, so he did talk about SRI, which was the Stanford Research Institute, where they did like the government-funded psychic research. Sean David Morton was never there. I've read a lot about that program and and there's there's tons of like government files that have been unredacted and and opened up and he's just making that up that he ever participated in that. I think that's, that's so what sick. you're talking about in that intro, Charlie. That's okay. so sick. I could just like get on air and lie. Oh, he lies. <laughs> I mean, lie, lie, lies. <laughs> it's, so it's, sick. <laughs> but with the most the, the the most confidence, and when you hear him talk, I know up until now it's only been our our bell. But when you hear him talk, you'll 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 hear it. it it's it's apparent pretty quick. Um, <laughs> so the next clip is going to be something that I think is apparent with a lot of grifters, and especially ones on the radio. They know how to get booked again. Not only do you create a little controversy, create some listenership, but you also just suck up so hard to whoever the host is that they are glad <laughs> to have you back. Them, but... Yeah. So here we go. Gobbling them nuts, he is, baby. He is he's fucking gobbling art right now. This is <laughs> <laughs> this is him on the on that. Here we go. Uh, welcome to the program. 
Oh, thank you, Art. It's 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 great to great to talk to you again. It's so nice to be back on the show, and so nice to uh, uh, to talk to everybody out there. And you know, just once again, you're doing a fantastic job with everything that you're doing, and and congratulations on your on your success. Oh, well, when we thank started you. doing this back in back in 1993, uh, you know, mm. who would have thought that uh, who would have gotten so huge and would have gotten so so big, and that there were so many fantastic and and intelligent people out there. Uh, listening to the show and really vibing into uh, you know to what it is that you're doing. So I'm just glad that you've managed to uh, really hit the nerve and really uh, uh, really be on top of so much of what's going on. So 97 has been a really wild year for me personally, uh, both in in the good and bad column. I mean, it has been the best and the worst in in so many ways. How so? Uh, well, I, I, I'd rather not, you know, personal stuff. Okay, sorry. But, but absolutely the best and the worst. I mean, it has been a year of extremes for me personally. Mm -hmm. Now, the first thing that anybody wants to know about a prophet, Sean, is the prophet's record. In other words, how have you done? Before we begin, obviously, discussing what is going to occur, it would be valuable to lay the groundwork and know what you have done. Maybe tell us more about the Delphi Associates, how you come up with your predictive material, and what your success rate is. Okay. Well, uh, let's let's open with that. Uh, first off, uh, just to, uh, let me just define the word very, very, very briefly. When people, it, it seems to, you know... <laughs> The word profit seems to push everybody's buttons. I know. Uh, you know, they, you know, people jump up and down and they get all crazy and, and, uh, say, well, you know, if you're not right 100% of the time, then you'll be struck down by God and you should be taken out of, out of town and stoned and et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Um, it was originally a word which just meant teacher of righteousness. No. No, it wasn't. That's not what profit meant. means in any fucking time, in any fucking dictionary. You are not kidding. This guy is fucking eating them balls. Boy, oh that shit's God. crazy. It's the crazy. The is insane. Yeah, and then he, like, talks about the audience. He's like, how just intelligent. Like, this is the last smart audience in radio right here. Holy just shit. Like, I, I am so oh, honored to be able to talk shit. to them. It's real wormy shit, but it's it works. He's on the show a ton. Um, yeah, so you know, he little plug for his Delphi associates. We're gonna hear that a bunch. And then of course, art always gets into prediction rate, right? Which Dalton, what do you think? It's if you had to name a percentage that he usually hits. Oh, he's he's gonna say ninety. He's gonna say ninety for he's sure. Say 90. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I've so, done enough of these episodes. I know he's gonna say ninety. Every single time it's between eighty and ninety. It's always not, between eighty and ninety. Not out of ten dentists, right? Yeah, <laughs> they they know better than to go above ninety. They know. They they just they're like they they just know that that sounds like bullshit, but someone might believe ninety percent. Right. Um so the word profit is a Greek word. It came from the, the the brood of it was like an interpreter, a spokesperson. Um, and then, you know, around the 13th century, it became like, this is the voice of God. So when he's like, oh, everybody gets worked up about the, the prophet doesn't mean that. No, you know exactly what it means, motherfucker. You know right. exactly what it means. And then you get upset because they do have, and I've listened to a lot of discovery. He'll have a lot of Christians call in and go, how dare you call yourself a prophet? Like you're into numerology and that is Satan's tool. And then they're like, oh. 
Well, they, I'm sure really, he has like the clap back of like Jesus called himself a prophet and look what happened to him or something like that. He, yeah. And then he'll say, well, you know, that's actually not the meaning of prophet. Prophet is uh, just a teacher of righteousness. And that's what I'm here to teach. And it's not, but he presents, <laughs> he's so confident when he presents it, that's it, it throws you, I think a little bit. And the more you listen to him, you're more like, man, he really like the, the, the rate at which he can just spit bullshit out and the confidence at which he says it, it's, it's kind of shocking and impressive. I'm impressed. Boy, I like you. You lie a lot. <laughs> I like it when that pretty mouth moves. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, uh, like I said, he's he's kind of into numerology. So, let's just jump right into the numerology bullshit. So, it's very interesting how this seven-year cycle of the economic ups- upswing is going to end uh, on the new moon, which is right around, it's right around October 1st of this next year, because uh, both political cycles and economics, specifically stock cycles, follow the Jewish calendar, because the Jewish calendar is actually based on uh, lunar cycles. Okay, he just talks a lot. There's a lot in there. I'm going to keep going, but I just want to say, this is the thing that you get with him, is he throws so much out it's it's really impressive like how much that he he just keeps you on your fucking heels the entire time he talks this show has like rotted my brain (laughs) because anytime i hear like something about like oh it's jewish so-and-so on the show like oh no here we go (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) he doesn't get into anti-semitism that's not to say that he i don't know what his feelings or thoughts are but we're going to talk about his mom at some point and i think you can kind of draw your own conclusions to where he is on all of that it's it's a little saying all I'm saying is, like, my witch prediction is getting truer and truer. He just talked about lunar cycles, my boy. My boy. <laughs> <laughs> you're one cancer. Uh, you're one Mars in retrograde away from being a witch. <laughs> All right. We're going to keep on with the numerology stuff. And you can actually track and uh, predict various financial cycles and, and, of course, Earth cycles by the lunar cycles, which is what they used to plant with. Um, they initially use these cycles of seven and they had to do with the jubilees and there was a whole code which you know I don't Sean, is that is that what the farmers almanac used to uh, talk about planning and so forth yeah they always use the cycles of seven and the cycles of seven are is that in the seventh year uh you're supposed to let your land lie fallow for one year because it uh, it returns the nutrients and the minerals to the topsoil here, here. and then it breaks the pest cycle at the same time so you don't need genetically engineered seed and you don't need uh, you know all of these pesticides but in the seventh year also biblically you are also supposed to repudiate all contracts uh, free all slaves or indentured servants uh, let everybody out of jail um, allow people to return to the country in other words it was a general amnesty so every seven years everybody got a chance to start over which is by the way where our it's very interesting did you know Sean that in California a contract is only legal for seven years. In other words, you all keep... the United States. Is that right? Yes, sir. Seven, seven years is where we get our contractual law. Huh. It's where we get our bankruptcy law. You're only allowed to file personal bankruptcy once every seven true. years. That's true. It's where we get our statute of limitations laws. Everything that's not a capital crime, if you can run away from the police for seven years or more, you're, then, you're free and clear. Right. So this is where we get all these laws from. It comes from the, uh, the first five books of the Old Testament, the original Mosaic Code, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. So every seven years, you let the land lie fallow, and you do all these things. You give everybody in the everybody in the society a chance to start over, fresh and clean. Yeah, 
So seven well, years. Saying, people out of jail every seven years sounds like pretty sick, right? Right. Like <laughs> out of everything, that's the one that he's not, you know, not really advocating for. I the the, the, the crop lay fallow thing. We'll just go through this real quick. Crop. crop All right. So before you get into that, I should yeah. say that my my grandpa was a practicer of that because he grew a lot of shit at his house. But did you do it every seven years? It's, it's yeah. Not every a, seven years, he would like not grow anything. Okay, well that's 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 crop rotation. You know, you yeah. you you let the land, but it's not. It doesn't have to be seven. Seven is just kind of one of the numbers. It's it's it could be anywhere from like five to eight years, depending on the crop. So every crop is different, but it didn't come from the Bible. It was probably in the Bible because farmers knew that that was about the amount of time that it took for them to fully rotate their crops and and have a have a field lay fallow. Like it's it's. You know, the Bible, when you treat it as a, a historical document and it's like a record of how people did things, you know, you take the magic parts out. It, there's there's a lot of resources in there for especially the Old Testament like right. the, of this history that's not perfect because it's been edited. But there is, you know, like there is that is the record that we have of those times. And so, yeah, it's not a surprise if there's a mention about like rotating your crops every seven years because that's. Not that totally was their online. only food source. They didn't have grocery stores they could go to and buy yes, it up. But it's but because it's in the Bible doesn't mean that it was the word of like God saying do it every seven years. It's just right. it's in the Bible because that's what they did because that's how they they figured that out. Like when you, you take do- the Bible as like a literal guide for your life, you're going to like <laughs> you're gonna have a wrong turn somewhere. Well, you're gonna run like- into stuff like this. It just doesn't make any yeah. sense. You know, it's like okay, it, it it's a coincidence. That's what numerology is. It's just oh, that's it's a coincidental. It's in the bathroom, baby. Um. So, yeah, so he gets into that. He talks about California contract law. It has nothing to do with the Bible. It was a dispute in Hollywood about exclusive contracts, uh, and it went and it went to the high courts. And typically, law in California, especially labor law, which contract law is about, is labor law, they take California is considered the most liberal country for labor law, liberal uh, state in the United States for labor laws. So what companies do that practice that practice, uh, I'm sorry, have businesses throughout the nation is they'll set their labor laws based around California because Californians are the most generous. They'll they'll be able to cover they'll be covered everywhere. Right. So like if, if that's what they did when I worked for Apple, they did the exact same thing. They're like, we'll take California labor law. We're going to base all our policies around it because they're so generous and their, their laws are the, the most worker friendly that will never be out of line, regardless of the, the state that we're practicing business in. Does that make sense? Which is not a bad philosophy to have. No, it's, it saves you a shitload of money. That way you don't have to read like every state has a different, you know, policy on everything. You know, the way you work around it is you just open a bunch of small companies that have headquarters in whatever state you want to violate the shit out of the laws in. And then you could be like, oh, this is an Alabama company that belongs to this big conglomerate, but but it's specific to Alabama, even though. Yeah, my mom is Tennessee, the place I work for. Tennessee. And they're headquarters yep. uh, in Tennessee. Yeah, you just go and you're like, I don't have to, to you know, pay attention to them stupid liberal California laws that <laughs> would actually make my life a little better if I wasn't so fucking pissed off at everything. Um, right. But I digress. Um yeah, so the, the, it's it. That's that's all his thing. Stupid workers. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. It's it's so. You it's, want to tell you 
in an hour too fucking bad. <laughs> you ain't getting a break. I don't have to. Um, <laughs> I'm not to make fun of the South, and this is not exclusive to the South by any stretched imagination. Um, but yeah, so Sean, he's he loves the number seven. He loves talking about stuff in the Bible that happen to be coincidences because that's just that's what numerologists do. So he's going to go on a little bit more about some numerology stuff and kind of mix that up with history. And it's kind of a fun stew, and some of it doesn't make any sense at all, but that's okay. As a matter of fact, as astrologers, they, they understood, they understood and it, there was a few astrologers among the forefathers, and the trine of government was laid out in such a way that the original birth of the country and the signing of the Declaration of Independence was under... Uh, the most powerful aspect of cancer, and so really quick, just because I didn't, I didn't really cue that up very well. He's talking about the the, the forefathers of the United States, the signers of the Declaration of Independence, and they apparently were all astrologists. So no, <laughs> they would have burned themselves at the stake. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we go. Cancer rules. Uh, it rules motherhood. It rules family. It rules community. It rules food. Uh, it's basically a, a passive feminine submissive water sign that was that was to be a mother, like the Statue of Liberty, literally the mother country to all of its citizens. Right. Um, and then the elections were then placed the first Tuesday in November, and this was to, once again, the second of the Grand Water Trines, was to actually take advantage of the sexual regenerative power of the sign of Scorpio, which is revolution, which is dirt coming up from the bottom, which is... Uh, the power of the people to literally regenerate their own destinies. <laughs> and then the president, this was the most interesting thing, because this is when the whole country changed. The presidency used to be, the president used to be inaugurated on the first Tuesday in March, because that was then the grand water trine, so that you had three water or passive feminine submissive signs, if you will, that were all in service to the people. And of course, Pisces being the most feminine and most submissive sign in the zodiac the most service oriented sign in the zodiac they wanted the president to be the most servile of the government officials all they wanted him to do was just to preside not as a ruler but just to preside over over the republic which is why he's called the preside the president or the president and that was the first mm. tuesday in march which was usually about march 3rd or so so this okay. completed the grand water trine of how the country was actually originally set up and when fdr met with his astrologers and they told him that if you change the day of the inauguration to january 22nd or the third monday in january that you will be king for life oh brother i am so lost <laughs> when fdr met with his astrologers <laughs> i also heard another thing this man's talking about revolution. He's talking about letting their prisoners go every seven years. He's a one strike away from being based in a commie pill. I love it. Oh, uh, <laughs> just hang tight, dear Dalton. <laughs> Shit gonna get bad. You're, you're at that lovey-dovey oh. phase of this relationship. But I'm gonna tell you, it's gonna end in tears. Um, 
So, <laughs> right now, right now, Sean David Martin is my girl with a septum ring. <laughs> actually, you know what? I'm going to take it back. I I think you actually might like this guy a lot more than I do by the end of this. I, I'm starting to, like, I was trying to think about, like, everything he did. And I was like, I don't, I don't know. And I, I do... He, as much as it, it just annoys me when he starts talking, it's also like, okay, all right, I, I can I can see this, I can see why it is. Um, he hates FDR, and that maybe should tip you off to his yeah uh, political sure. like, leanings. <laughs> it's like we haven't had a good president, but brother, you are but... in. If you were in 1997 and still talking about how FDR wanted to be king for life, you just like can't let that shit go. Maybe. I'm, 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 I was I was saying like we've never had a good president, but if FDR is the one that you hate out of all of them, that's a yeah. huge tell. That's, that's a huge, huge sign. Huge tell. <laughs> you're like that guy was the devil, and you're like I can't. Re- we don't have common ground anymore. I feel like you are very into the Confederacy right now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're a big fan of states rights. <laughs> it's about pride, not prejudice. It's <laughs> hate, not heritage. Um, so from wait, no other way, other way, heritage, not hate. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, you were right the first time. You no, were yeah, I was right the first time. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so he's talking about all these dates that happened in the constitution based on astrology. And I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think FDR had an astrologer. I think that would have come out by now, but you know who did? Where Nancy and Ronald Reagan had a fucking astrologer that worked no for them while they were in the White House. No fucking way. Absolutely. They the would stars sketch... are telling me to supply black neighborhoods to crack right now. <laughs> well, I... <laughs> what they did, <laughs> I can't confirm that. I have no idea. But I... The stars are telling me to go to the Watergate Hotel right now. <laughs> that, was, that was not Reagan. <laughs> that was not Reagan. Watergate was, was Reagan. No, it was Nixon. Nixon, fuck! Oh Dude, that's God, that's absolutely I Nixon, you dumb motherfucker! Because he got to, he had to fucking. I know resign. it was Nixon. Oh my God, I got the name confused. mixed up. I got my bad presidents mixed up. I'm sorry. You did get the all bad. The crack thing was good. That I know was, they're all right. bad. I know I was right about the crack thing. I just had fucking Reagan's, my Nixon's right. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> they were both governor of California, so I mean that's fine. Shut um, up. you would think with how much your dick is in a teacher you would fucking learn something once in a while Austin like that, so I'm very proud of myself right now. It's really good. (laughs) I can't wait for her to hear the fucking Watergate thing and scream at her radio. (laughs) (sighs) Right, let's get back together. So, the, the, Reagan's had an astrologer. 
they the the person who was their astrologer used to like they would set all of their press you know junkets and appearances and press conferences around when the astrologer so like you'd have to show up at the white house at like 3 36 in the morning exactly in order to catch the president speaking because that's what time is astrology so they like they like pick dates and times that Insane. were good for him i'm i'm not even kidding that um, but the constitution was not based on astrology. Like some of the forefathers had knowledge of astronomy <laughs> because, right. you know, they were farmers and you need to know things about the, the moon, the lunar cycle and the stars. And you, right. you need to know that as a farmer. So they knew that kind of stuff, but like I the cannot, real thing. <laughs> I, yeah. Right. The real, the, the real, uh, the real stuff, the Gemini stuff, the, the, you know, but they, the, like the number of sites that talk about how several of the founding fathers were astrologers is a little overwhelming. It's like you guys were, it's this like one lie that just keeps getting repeated over and over again. And the last person that references references it from someone who stole it from someone who got it from someone who got like, it's, it's just, it's the worst game of answering machine, but no, um, as far as anybody knows, none of them were astrologists in that sense. Um, yeah, I can't so, believe I fucking <laughs> Nixon. Nice. Yeah. Oh God, I'll never, dude. I will never live that down. Our <laughs> fucking Discord is going to flame me. <laughs> he did it again, guys. Oh God. Now, um, just let me let it be clear that I know Nixon did Watergate. I know I'm aware. I am aware that Nixon did Watergate. It was a slip of the tongue. That's all. I'm bad with it. all of that out, Charlie. Nobody will know that he said that. Don't edit it. It's fine. <laughs> it's entertaining. No, edit the part where he said he knows what Nixon is. Or what <laughs> <laughs> That's what I meant. <laughs> oh, all right. Here, here we go. I got another clip for you. You're going to like this one. This is This is about his like predictions and his accuracy. How accurate have you been? Oh, my goodness. Well, let me see. I was on, uh, as a matter of fact, I was on your show in 93 when I predicted the Northridge quake. Right. Uh, we published it in the newsletter. It was October 1st of 1993, where I gave the exact uh, epicenter of the Northridge quake, uh, gave the destruction zones of where, the, where, where it was going to destroy along the 101 freeway. Um, I missed the exact date of the quake by 10 days. I was off because I said it was going to the plateau I was feeling was starting December 25th through January 7th, and then there was a plateau from January 7th through the rest of the month. And actually, the quakes began on the 7th of January with quakes out in the Santa Monica Bay, which then built up to the uh, uh, the, the Northridge quake. And there course, is no question about it. You hit that one in the nose. Hold on. We are at the bottom of the hour. Sean David Morton is my guest. He is a prophet. Let that word stir what it may within you. And he will be back, and he will prophesize. This is Coast to Coast AM. Man, Art was Art is best. such a messy little oh, bitch. He, but he's so good. He's such a good he's presenter, so, man. He's, he's so got fucking messy. God, he's got <laughs> fucking chops. I love Art Bell. I don't give a oh. fuck. I don't like. I don't even care about all the the, the anything. I just, I just love listening right. to him. He's just just a great. He was built for radio. Like in such Art Bell is to you is what Alex is to me. Yeah, but I like you can't even listen to Alex raw. <laughs> No, fuck no, dude. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and Art famously hated Alex Jones. <laughs> like hated with, him. with good reason. <laughs> yeah. Which is why Nori always had him on. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we're going on a tangent. So, um, 
Yeah. So he was 10 days off on a prediction that there was going to be an earthquake in Los Angeles. Well, I, I'm just going to tell you a couple of things here, right? Like Los Angeles always has earthquakes. Yeah, famously earthquake heavy Las, <laughs> Los Angeles. And so you get to see like what they do. Like you throw out enough shit, something happens, even if it's not when you ha- say, you know, he said he admits he was 10 days off. Right. And he's right. like, well, I was 10 days off, but I still got the event. Right. Well, yeah. But what, what else did you say that you didn't get right? Right. You only right. talk about the hits, even if it's not quite a hit. Now let's pretend for a minute that this guy is an actual prophet or a psychic or whatever he's going to call himself this day. Let's just say he's this renowned person. People listen to him. They take him seriously. People would have left their houses because he said there was an earthquake coming. They would have stayed Mm -hmm. away. I don't know, a couple of days, a week. How long do you stay out of your house based on a, on, on a warning that something is going to happen in the next, whatever, you know, this on this date, you go back. If you don't have, if you don't have the disposable income, you don't fucking leave. A, you don't leave. But if you did, you're only going to stay away for a few days. Then you're going to go back and guess right. what? Bam, earthquake, earthquake. happens. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> that son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a real stretch, like a hypothetical stretch. But it's also like, all, it, it's it's amazing to me that, that this is what this is what filters through. It's like, we're not going right. to talk about all the shit that didn't come true. We're going to talk about that one thing and make it feel like that was the only thing you talked about the entire time. Um, you know, I, it, it's also like, there's the, the argument that I hear and art says this a lot. He always asks his guests this. He goes, you say that you're a psychic. Why aren't you predicting the lottery numbers? Why don't you have all the money in the world from winning the lottery over and over again? And right. some, some actually say, oh yeah, no, I've won millions of dollars in the lottery and I don't need to do well, this. The easy answer there is it's unethical. And I'm that's, not going to do that with that's my That's the one they go to. They go, they go, it's unethical. Meanwhile, most of them are highly unethical people. And then some right. of them even refer to like, there's some sort of like higher power in the universe that, that judges things good and bad. And I'm like, just say that you've won a bunch of money in the lottery. Just lie. Like you're already lying. Keep lying. And I guess it's because then they would have to give out lottery numbers over the radio and nobody would win. Uh, but I would just, I would approach it a different way. I don't like the lottery question. It's been, it's, it's, it's a little trite. I would say, yeah, yeah. So here's what I would say. If there were legitimate psychics that had this kind of power, do you not believe that every Fortune 500 company would employ a team of psychics at their at their company? Right. Why wouldn't you do that? You know, this is this is capitalist paradise. You want to make as much money as you can. Why wouldn't you have a room full of psychics trying to figure out what your competitors are up to? And then they have a team of psychics trying to block these psychics. Like, why is this real? God, <laughs> like, that would be so fucking funny. It would oh be my so God. funny and actually be kind of cool. I think that'd be fun to watch. But this that's that's what the outcome would actually be if this was real. Right. You know, I mean, like, but you got to keep in mind, though, people that listen to conspiracy radio have the attention span of a rodent. They don't remember what goes on from week to week. If they did, they would know it all. It was all bullshit. Well, yeah. And I mean, I'm not talking about the people that listen and buy into this stuff. I'm talking about the people right. that are trying or lying to you about it. Right. Like there's no the the the, the story well, the reason that they they're tell, lying and they get away with it is because of the attention span of most right. Of the listeners. Right. Right. And they're not there's not a lot of critical thinking to go right. on with that. And and it just it's it's really frustrating because, I mean, these I, I, I was asked, actually was talking to a coworker kind of about this today. And I said, I you know, I don't have a problem with like 
psychic readers, you know, you go in, you pay them some money, they do your, they do tarot cards or they read your palm or they tell you stuff. That's entertainment. That's, That's fine. fine. That's yeah. fun. There's no harm in that. And I, and I, I, I'm, totally fine with it i'm on board i think that's cool i think if sean david morton was coming on here and making all these predictions and just having a good time and having a laugh about it or being entertaining and it is entertaining that's why art has him on yeah. over and over again right but it does descend into like crazy shit crazier stuff as it goes on and he really does start to to harm people and that's when it have, that's the problem that's where i draw the line on that kind of stuff um one of the things that he talks about a lot and we haven't gotten it yet because we really just hit on the psychic stuff and the numerology. He is a huge alien guy. He talks about area 51. Oh yeah. Hell all yeah. The time. And so Hell yeah. I got to preface this because I, I don't know if people are going to take this. Wrong. I have no problem with UFO people. I think it's fun. Again, I think it's entertaining. I think, you know, I don't also, necessarily an alien guy. Am I, I'm not an alien guy, but I don't, I don't, I have, I have, there's room in my heart for alien guys. I'll so you that. don't think aliens are real? No, all. I think they absolutely are real, but I don't okay. I don't think that as many people who have claimed to have seen them or been abducted, I don't think a lot of that is I true. I don't think they visit I don't think they visit Earth. I don't think they're in like well, they're the not, fucking I don't think they're within like a fraction of the scope of our space time yeah, space. I, yeah, but I mean I, I don't think it I don't think talking about aliens is harming anybody. You right. know, really. I, I just don't. Um, but I don't believe a word that that John Dumont says about the alien stuff. Dalton, so Dalton, they visit Earth all the time and they have a fetish for them southern boys. So you better watch <laughs> your butthole. Because they're coming for your butthole. Jokes on them. <laughs> Bring it on, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes on them. They don't like gigglers either. And that's the process where they don't fuck with Dalton. <laughs> like, Why are you playing around with that thing, boy? Shove it in. <laughs> no lube, no lube. All right. Never um, lube. <laughs> You're going so, it wrong, baby. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We got a long way to go. Uh, so. Morton started his Area 51 stuff. He claims to have led tours at Area 51. He took all kinds of like footage. He says that he's got footage of an alien spacecraft in broad daylight on video, which has never been released, which would absolutely be released. Everybody would have it on the internet if that was true. Um, but he um, was on a show. He was interviewed for a show that was called Area 51, The Alien Interview that came out in 1998. And it was a video that claimed to have the first live footage of an alien being interviewed at Area 51. And it was snuck out of the facility by this guy named Victor, who is a who is um, a whistleblower at Area 51. I just really? really want to show you guys real quick what the alien interview looked like. And the people were Fuck very yeah. seriously discussing this as like, oh, my God, I think that's a real alien. And <laughs> I... <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> I'll put the link it. in the notes. Here we go. So this is Victor. They have him. We're going to hear a lot, a, a little bit more from Victor, but they have like, he's got the shadow on him. He's got a voice changer because he doesn't want anybody to know who he was. Here oh, is, yeah, this is the alien. Can you describe for us what we're seeing? <laughs> well, we're looking at the interview at S4. Uh, it's kept dark for the comfort of the aliens. The uh, figure who is just barely visible in the left foreground is the telepath, and behind the camera is a raked seating area for observers. <laughs> yeah, that's fuck. Uh, yeah. Oh, do you want to describe yeah. the alien? 
Um, Matt, if you've seen the movie Signs, you know exactly what we're looking at. <laughs> you know exactly what we're looking. I would at. say low rent signs for sure. Yeah, um, it's signs on a budget. It's signs it's on a, a straight to DVD. It's one of the grays, you know. So uh, I feel like you've seen the the movie Paul. It was like that. Yeah, it's a great. Yeah, 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 it, yeah. It, it definitely looks like a rubber puppet. That and it's the Paul, the, for the sure, room. Yeah. The room that he's in is so dark, like black, black, black. And this is on VHS. This is not high quality. This is well, not yeah, because like you said, it's for its comfort. The bright lights hurt it. Right, exactly. So they have a yeah. story for why it's dark, and it's you can so only sick. see this big rubber head and one arm. And the I'll put the link to it, but it is it's a little oh, absurd. Yeah. So it wasn't Hell there yeah. an X Files episode where it started off with like the cigarette smoking man, like giving an alien a cigarette, and he's like being interviewed. He's like talking and smoking a cigarette. I feel like there's an episode that like might that. Be right? Yeah. And I, I fucking like that's what i think of when i think of that like that's what i think of yeah like they're just chilling yeah, yeah. this is alien just smoking a cigarette and like fucking talking <laughs> about shit yeah because remember he was a baseball player and he got fucking hit in the head and he like transformed back into the alien form when now he, he lost me. out no my he lost me there i definitely didn't see that episode but find it i, I would i'd check that out yeah, xbox files is my shit so yeah that's that's a thing for sure and i'll look it up so I just really quickly, I just want to show um, he, he was interviewed as part of the special. I'm just going to show him for the first time. So you can kind of get an idea. Sorry for our audio listeners, um, but Dalton will describe what he thinks he looks like. Um, all right, here we go. Dalton, it's not this guy. It's going to show him in just a second. Okay. <laughs> this guy looks like Colonel Sanders, not this guy. Low rank Gandalf. <laughs> okay. Hang on. <laughs> sits on anything like this. Sean Morton looked for clues to the tape's authenticity in the technical details of the interview setting. Okay, there's a, a couple of interesting things about the tape right off the bat. Morton tried to decipher the time code at the bottom of the screen. <laughs> First off, what you're looking at in the time code is DNI's Department of Naval Intelligence. So Department of Naval, Naval Intelligence, this would, this would probably be a file number 27. It could be a security level, however, um, because security levels are supposedly go up to uh, Q... 36 are the highest ones that we know about the first interesting thing about all right i'm gonna cut it there this is not a very interesting interview but yeah there he is in action that's sean dude David i wish Martin. this was a video podcast oh my god <laughs> you guys need to see this fucking <laughs> <alien>. <laughs> holy shit <laughs> you, can, you can google him he's got a lot of photos up so he's not hard to holy find holy fuck it's so good it's so yeah, good he was credited in that special as a ufo expert I just want to throw that out there. This was kind of his grift before he really stumbled headfirst into the, the psychic stuff. So it was definitely like a UFO oh guy for a long time. But he's on this episode of the same episode of Coast to Coast. And he starts talking about uh, his experience making this special <laughs> and his experience with the whistleblower whose name is Victor. And so they're going to talk about Victor a little bit. And, and I just want you to pay attention to what they're saying about Victor, because it's oof. There's, I, you'll you'll see. <laughs> okay. When my friend Jeff Broadstreet calls me a couple months later and says, "Holy smokes! Like I read this in your newsletter. Now I've got this guy Victor coming to me, and he's got this creepy creature, uh, you know, at Area 51." So. Yes, yes, yes. As you well know, we're now advertising that video, the full video. Finally, a lot of people waited a long time for that. Now. Wait, what a shock that Art is selling the alien, that video that we just saw on YouTube. Because you couldn't, there was no YouTube, so you had to you had to order it by VHS right. and it was being You're sold on. You're just taking Art's word for it right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have 
Oh, I don't know. For the last uh, two months, I would say, been inviting Victor back. He originally came on the program, you recall, uh, audience with a voice changer and was very scared and very, uh, what's re the right word? Uh, uh, reluctant. Reluctant. It's a mild word. <laughs> um, and I've been sort of inviting him back, and I would think that with the sale of the videotape, um, he would have come back, but he has not come back. I have not heard hide nor hair of Victor, and how about you? Have you? Um, well, I, I'm probably going to be talking to him in the next couple of weeks. You know, I'm, I'm just finishing up this, uh, this book on Area 51, uh, called Area 51 Nightmares in Dreamland, and I was, uh, going to feature, you know, more of an interview with him. It, he's just a, you know, I sent him a Christmas present and a, you know, I, I sent him a fifth of Bushmills and a nice little Christmas card and a letter and a, and a list of, uh, and a, a list of, um, you know, questions for him. And I think he'll be out. I mean, he's just kind of nervous. And, uh, you know, I, actually, I'll just, let me put it out to uh, Jeff Broadstreet, and we'll see if we can uh, get him on the show again. All right. Todd, so, that'd uh, be great. Uh, I know he go. is, uh, he's in hiding. Um, yeah, well, he was never really out anywhere. So, I mean, for all we know, he could be back working for the government or doing something for them. But it's a uh, hmm. interesting guy, very interesting guy. And it was, a uh, you know, boy, that was radio history the last time we had him on the air. Yeah, wasn't that something? Very spooky stuff. All right. Arn said, Victor, you're a fucking bitch. You're a coward. <laughs> <laughs> but like, so from that clip, you would think, I mean, I thought immediately I was like, oh, well, Victor and Sean are friends. Like, they're friendly. Like, Sean had a part hey, to play in that special. Yeah, and was like, hey, can you be interviewed for my book? I, I had, even before hearing this interview, I'd heard the interview with Victor and Victor and Sean David Morton were on the same time on Art Bell show, right? Because Sean was in the special and Victor was the whistleblower. So they brought right. him in and it is so fucking different when Victor's there than it is when he's not. Like Sean's definitely a very different presentation of his relationship with Victor than it actually happened on that show. So I'm going to play a clip from that show when Victor sort of is first figures out that there's someone else on the line and it's Sean David Morton. Um, so it does seem like a little bit of a setup. It's kind of weird that like art would set him up like, I don't know. It, but anyway, roll the clip. Let's see for ourselves. Yeah. Here we go. Who, who is that second voice? I'm sorry. This is Sean Morton. How are you, sir? Oh, Mr. Morton. Nice to talk to you. Yes. Uh, if if you can, Victor, we would like to both probably uh, ask you some questions if we can. Uh, obviously, if you can't answer a question, you let us know, and uh, you know we'll back away. Um, by the way, uh, by the way, uh, Mr. Morton. Yes, sir. John Morton. Yes. I I have come into possession of your Delphi Associate newsletter dated yes. April 11th, yes. 1997, and I and I have to say this is how misinformation proliferates. I don't know where you got your information about what Holy I have stated to the rocket people, but there are a number of statements here that are that are incorrect. Okay, well maybe we should start there because I tried to check everything with Jeff. All I all I had was Mr. Broad, yes, Mr. Broadstreet. He has uh, successfully prevented me from prescribing myself a double bushmel for nerves. I frankly, well, let's leave that. All right. Uh, in your newsletter, you state Victor was assisting in the downloading of video analog footage to digital computer storage. I have never stated that I was assisting or participating in this downloading. I mentioned the downloading. I referred to the downloading 
in my cryptic attempt to suggest how the tape was smuggled out, as uh, everyone refer to, seems to prefer to refer to it. Is that a reasonable um, a reference to it, smuggled? Well, not in the sense of, well, later in the same newsletter, uh, Mr. Morton says that I, let me see if I can find it here. Victor. Oh, yes, uh, and an opportunity came where he was left unwatched and unsupervised for a scant few moments, which allowed him to make a quick VHS copy of footage he was viewing and somehow managed to smuggle it off the base in a bag with some other equipment. Now, I've never made a statement like this. It's a, a charming scene oh, yeah. for, a, for a science fiction movie, but uh, frankly, a VHS tape has never come onto or been taken off of the S4 all right, Victor, Victor, this is Art Bell. Listen, let's not concentrate on what he's got wrong. Let's concentrate on what really did happen. Victor yeah. said, you fucking liar. You, yeah, why you, li you lying on me, motherfucker. <laughs> I don't fucking know you. <laughs> also, did you catch that thing? that Victor, This is actually the first time I caught it, uh, was the thing that he said about Bushmills. So Victor yeah. mentioned Bushmills in the interview and, and fucking Morton put that into his, his bank and he used that where he said, oh yeah, I sent him a bottle of Bushmills for the holidays. It, and like It popped art too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, these guys are not friends. If you couldn't tell yeah. by that interview, he was like, <laughs> you I actually this think is Victor really doesn't fucking like him. It really does, right? Like it really sounds <laughs> like he has no time for this fucking guy. And he's like, why would you say I smuggled this thing? It's very funny. So so uh, Sean put Why this put up. A lot of my name, dog. <laughs> <laughs> so Sean put the, the the transcript of this interview in his Delphi Associates newsletter. I went back and looked at it, and it's amazing that a lot of the Victor saying you're wrong has been redacted from the transcript. Oh, it doesn't make the cut. <laughs> <laughs> no, weirdly, no, it doesn't. It's very strange. Um, but Art, you know, is the showman. He knows he can't burn this guest. People call for Sean David Morton, even if they just don't believe that he's real. You know, like he creates an, a listenership. So he's like, let's just not talk about what he got wrong. Let's just talk about what he got right. And I'm thinking, that's exactly what they want you to do. That's the trick. That's right. the con. That's how, I mean, really, Art's in on it. I mean, he always was. Yeah, Art's completely. Like, he's always been. Yeah. He's always been on it. And if there's any, like, doubt there, that's that should do it. That should do it. I look at it in, like, the eyes of pro wrestling. It's a work. <laughs> Sean, Sean's the heel. Victor's yep. the baby face. Yep. Sell it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, so really quick, I just want to play a plug for the Delphi Associates newsletter because you've heard so many amazing things about it here today. Um, so I'm gonna, oh my I'm gonna go God, ahead and, what and... are we doing? <laughs> here we go. So anyway, getting back to this, um, what's the last point I wanted to make? Uh, just about the Delphi Associates, uh, let me just real quick because we haven't done this for the hour. Uh, if anybody wants to get the newsletter, uh, the hotline number is 310-217-7579. It's 310 217-7579. Uh, newsletter is $50 a year. You know, it comes out approximately 12 times a year. I say approximately because it's not like this information comes out of a computer. I have to, you know, I have to think it up and do the research and do whatever. But it's uh, $50 for a 12-issue subscription. Um, you can send it to PRI, which is the Prophecy Research Institute. And uh, very slowly, we're at 2207 Hermosa Avenue, that's H-E-R-M-O-S-A, that means beautiful in Spanish, 
and we're in Hermosa Beach, California, 90254. All right. 2207 Hermosa Avenue, Hermosa Beach, California, 90254. And if you want to just call the hotline and actually get all the information, which is the address and all is on the hotline, that's at uh, 310-217-7579. So there you go. My man said, habla espanol. Yeah. (laughs) Como esta? I think that's what bothers me more than anything. He's just really smug. He's really smug. Hermosa means beautiful in Spanish. I I took level one Spanish. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking puta. Uh, no, no, sorry, sorry, Austin. That means bitch in Spanish. I know what that means. I know enough Spanish. <laughs> so yeah, at the time it was fifty bucks a year. It goes up to sixty bucks a year. Um, yeah. So we'll talk a little bit more about the Delphi Associates newsletter and Delphi Associates in general later. But now we're going to talk about some. Uh, we're going to talk about weather weapons. You love weather weapons. I love weather weapons. Jewish space lasers. Yeah, those are. That, we're not talking the hurricane about hurricane machine, dude. I, I hear so much about the hurricane machine; it would make your head spin. Oh my god! It probably <laughs> wouldn't. And now, without any foreshadowing, let's listen to this clip. No fucking way. There was a lot of news recently about the Russians offering to create a cyclone in Malaysia with a satellite. They have actually made a concrete offer to Malaysia, and Malaysia has accepted, by the way. Mm -hmm. Now, we have weather treaties saying you will not do weather modification as a weapon, but once you accept the assistance of the Russians in this regard, it is obviously not a weapon. It is simple assistance. Yeah, helpful helpful thing. But, I mean, think about it, that the Russians can actually uh, create, they think, a cyclone with a satellite, which means they've got something in orbit now that can do that. Well, but it's a piece of cake. What they do is that it's a, it's a, it's basically a, you know how you sell those negative ion generators, the, the Alpine negative ion generators? Absolutely. It's the same thing. It's a, it's a, it's a negative ion electromagnetic pulse that's sent down from space that just pushes the jet stream down. All these incredible winds that we're about to experience, all these winds that, that are coming down, people don't realize that, that the jet stream, 30,000 feet up or so, you know, that wind is traveling, you know, 600 to 1,000 miles an hour already. Up in the, I mean, that's why it's called the jet stream. You go up there and the wind travels much more quickly at, you know, at 600 to, you know, about 800 miles an hour or so. We definitely need to talk about wind, uh, okay. Sean. Uh, boy, there have been a lot of strange... Well, 98 is going to be... Everything that has to do with air is going to be ignited in, in 98. It's going to have to do with airborne viruses, with wind, with the jet stream touching the ground in places like Colorado. Um, everything that's, that's airborne, also airplanes, satellites... Things are just going to start falling out of the sky, so much so that there's going to be an entire call and hue and cry for a whole federal agency just to control the movement of people. All right, Sean, hold it right there. There's going to be a lot of air in 1998. By the way, I think I might be fucking psychic. <laughs> yeah, <I> know, right? <laughs> he said that. And the, like The fifth thing he said was a cyclone. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so do you remember in 1998 when all those planes just started falling out of the sky? Because I... there was a lot of air. There was a lot of uh, air stuff. I was, I was a junior in high school. I didn't remember any of that. And I probably oh would have. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
Dalton oh is just on God. the same crazy wavelength as this guy. That's why he's like, <laughs> he seems psychic, but he's just on the same wavelength. He's just as fucking crazy as this well, guy. Well, I, I think you might actually be like getting it from your mom because th- these days this guy is like really into fucking QAnon. So, like, oh, <laughs> it always ends that way, right? It, it always ends that way. Ends that way. <laughs> With zero, like almost zero exceptions. So, yeah, so no planes falling from the sky, no big airborne viruses in 1998. I mean, he's very specific, but actually 1998, there were less um, fatalities in plane accidents in 1997. um, And that's how they keep track of these things. They don't just count like, you know, planes falling out of the air. At least they're not easily accessible. Uh, So, yeah, he also starts up on something that we've talked about in the Zachariah Sitchin's episode, uh, planetary wobble and pole shifting. And again, I just want to stress all of this is from the same appearance. This is not multiple shows with the exception of that clip of Victor getting up in, in Sean's business. Every clip I've played, except for the one. This is a the, whole the, lot of like bullshit in one episode. I know. <laughs> of it's, <Art> show. <laughs> it's three hours of bullshit that I <laughs> reduced to 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's a lot here we go and here we go yeah the frequency of the planet the general right. frequency of the planet the optimum frequency of the planet at a at, at a uh, or at or a human being for that matter who's tapping into the earth or in a meditative theta state is around seven hertz it's about 7.83 is supposed to be optimum right the frequency of the planet began to jump in 1945 supposedly because of all these atomic weapons, because, for example, we've, um, you know, we've defended ourselves against the state of Nevada by dropping 1,200 nuclear bombs on the state, <laughs> so um, that the Earth somehow began to shake off of its axis. That that now the entire planet is wobbling very much like a like a old tennis shoe in a washing machine, and that the entire planet, with this wobble, the human resonance is now beginning to jump. You could have used some other. A milder analogy: a tennis tennis shoe and a and a, and washing in a washing machine. Right, that's exactly thump, what's thump, happening. Thump, the entire thump. wobble of the planet. We've literally right. sort of shocked it, very much like a child sort of battering a top. The whole planet is now slightly out of kilter, and that has a lot to do with these particular changes. There was a huge military white paper that was done on this in a very rare book. It's called The Flight of the Key Bird. And this particular book was about the last of the B-29 bombers. I think the only ones that are left are the Enola Gay and the Smithsonian and this particular bomber, which set out to then map the electromagnetic grids of the North and South Poles and found that it was jumping. And and the military conclusion was that um, when, when electromagnetic north or EM north actually hits true north, which is somewhere up in Booth's Bay, Canada, somewhere, uh, that there would be an electromagnetic pole shift of the planet. And this electromagnetic pole shift of the planet would, of course, cause uh, winds of hundreds of miles miles an hour, would basically fry every electrical device that was connected to a ground wire, which is, of course, everything. And So, yeah, I'm going to cut it off there because he just keeps talking about, like, what's going to happen with the pole shift, which is very obviously is on its way. It's definitely going to happen very soon. So be worried but pay him $50 a year and he'll warn you about everything. I'm not really sure what there is to warn you about. I don't understand how this is a business strategy, right? You're all going to die, but you should pay me to tell you when it's going to happen. I don't want to know. Well, I mean, that's like the fire and brimstone school of uh, Christianity, right? 
Yeah, I guess. The end times will come, and we don't know when it's coming, but we know it's coming. And if yep. you don't pay, but, if you don't pay your tides of fifty dollars a year, yeah, <laughs> you're but not like, gonna be safe. I, I don't know. Like, if you're if that's what you're predicting, like, who wants to know that? Who needs to know that? What are you gonna do? You know, like if 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 humanity is going to cease to exist, like, what are you planning for? There's nothing fear-mongering words. It's not for people like me and you. Fear mongering works to people that are like they they want to be they want to be scared. I I guess they think they can outsmart it too, maybe, you know, or like I'll prepare it. I can't there's there's that type of energy there too. It's weird. It it's weird. So yeah, so that's that's him talking about planetary shifts. We talked about that and how it's probably not gonna happen. Um, but he's he's into everything. He's into a little bit of everything. All right, so we alluded, I alluded anyway, a little bit to his uh, political leanings, as it were, and he loves getting into politics, which is something that Art doesn't love getting into, and he's actually been on record talking about how after Oklahoma City, he was like, I just wanted to pull back on politics because stuff shit hit the fan there, and he was not comfortable if he'd had any sort of impact on that, so he definitely toned the politics stuff down, but man, Sean loves getting into it. He fucking loves talking about politics and the history of it on all this stuff. And so that's something tells me we, I have a a small feeling that me and him are not going to see eye to eye on this. Well, I don't think I'm not going to give you psychic points for that one. (laughs) 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 All right, (laughs) here we go. Stars are telling me (laughs) that this motherfucker is. (laughs) That ain't the stars, brother. (laughs) Here we go again. Okay. Uh, You and leave off. We were talking about Bill Clinton. Uh, yes. Want to finish that off? Um, sure. Okay. All right. Here's what we got with uh with Clinton. The interesting thing about Clinton is that the stress points of this whole thing builds August 22nd of this next year. Um, everything begins to conjunct and gang up and gang up on Clinton. I would not be surprised if uh, exactly like in, uh, in August of uh, 1974, well, uh, very much like they had the Whitewater hearings, that you'll be having the same sort of, um, same sort of activity. Now, so here's something that's interesting, and he takes a lot of credit for this. He claims that here, what he's doing right now is actually predicting the Monica Lewinsky scandal. That right, is, I had a feeling that's where that was going. Yeah, so I just just put that, that we're going to talk about that, but I just want to put that context in because he <laughs> this is what he thinks is going to happen as a result of whatever it is that's going to happen, which we know the next big scandal in this timeline is Monica Lewinsky. He doesn't know that, he doesn't have the specifics, but this is the outcome. The interesting thing about Al Gore, and you know, once again, I want to thank Stacey Dean for faxing me these charts, is that um, the very specific thing about Al Gore is that uh, he's got a lot of secret enemies. Uh, he's set up for blackmail. There's a huge amount of emotional tension, and uh, sudden setbacks in life, adjustments to new conditions or circumstances, um, finding a new occupation. <laughs> he's reading Al Gore's horoscope on the air that's what he's doing that vague (laughs) language about like adjustments to new conditions or circumstances finding a new occupation that is like clipped out of the fucking newspaper astrology fucking funny oh my (laughs) god anyway but he's doing it for vice who was vice president at the time al gore (laughs) and uh this just you know bing bang boom all the way down the line this adjustment to his new occupation uh, through quarrels and disputes. He, 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 basically, it's saying he gets fired from his job. 
And um, and I'm thinking that the candidate to replace him will be Ted Kennedy. Some people say, well, you know, there's no way that Ted Kennedy will get to become vice president. But at the same time, if the vice president is killed or resigns, I believe, and please correct me if I'm wrong in this, the, pres- the vice presidency is an appointed position. Right. It's been appointed by the president. It doesn't need the confirmation of the I Senate. I know, but would he go that far left? I I don't know. He's the only person that I can think of that would make him look good and say, okay, you want to get rid of me now? That's the only other thing I can think of. Other than that, his health is going to be terrible. Um, you know, uh, anything from nervous breakdowns to heart attacks. Uh, you know, right. and I asked Stacy, I, I said, you know, give me an outrageous prediction. What's, what's the deal going to be? And she gave, she gave Clinton, uh, less than a 10% chance of making it through the year and still being president of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> Less than ten percent, buddy. Less. That was a bold prediction. Yeah, that he said that Al Gore was going to be fired or killed. Ted Kennedy, far left, thanks Art. I yeah, really appreciate you. Far left, Ted yeah. Kennedy. <laughs> I I wrote that down wrong. I had it as, as Sean, but no, that's Art going far yeah. left. Kennedy, Jesus far Christ, left, Ted Kennedy. <laughs> yeah. Well, so. Here's the thing. A regular old Karl Marx, Ted Kennedy. Yeah, you know those Kennedys, famous socialists. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know this, but Ted Kennedy's middle name is actually Lennon. Yeah, Joe, Joe Kennedy, famous communist. Um, God. <laughs> so they hated Clinton. These guys hated Clinton. The militia movement started as a result of Clinton becoming like move, coming in an office and all the shit he pulled, which you know, it's a little hard to blame them for some of that, not all of it. Uh, but he's had so many scandals, even up to this point when they're talking in 98. So it's really not hard to say something's going to happen. It's going to attract the media because he's had money. He had the whitewater scandal. He had uh, this scandal called Travelgate that a lot of people have forgotten about at this point. There was Paula Jones the, when she sued uh, Clinton for sexual harassment. There was Vince Foster, which <laughs> anybody who's into fucking QAnon knows about Vince Foster killing himself. And they put that as one of Hillary Clinton's bodies, which whatever. Say what you will. You gotta give Sean some points though. He was on the Kennedy train before QAnon. (laughs) Wrong Kennedy. There's There's a mile. There's miles of difference between Teddy and John Jr. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Sometimes the stars don't give you everything in black and white. Sometimes there's a gray area. (laughs) You might have heard the name Kennedy, got it mixed up. I think it's weird that this is the second time Ted Kennedy's come up on this podcast. So I, I don't know what that is all about. We've talked about him more than I'd like to twice. Um, so I just, so this is when I want to introduce another character, minor character into this, this whole psychodrama, uh, his mother, um, Sean David Morton did was raised by a woman uh, named Maureen Kennedy Solomon. And I want to read this from a profile piece. And of course the New York times, it's not really a, a, you know, positive profile, but it was there. And this is uh, from 2019 by someone named Ashley Powers, a writer named Ashley Powers. She said, Mr. Morton was born in 1958 and his comfortable childhood in Northern California was a tutorial in how to make a sales pitch. His mother, Maureen Kennedy Solomon, was a was, as San Francisco Magazine once described her, a millionaire evangelical alternative medicine fanatic who promoted questionable cancer treatments. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. She was really big in this this cancer treatment called uh uh laetrel who which i it's bonkers it's killed multiple people it is basically oh, no. like the seed of an apricot they think that there's a um 
a type of cyanide in it. And if you eat, if you take that cyanide out, it kills only the cancer cells in your body. But it, you don't, Dude, I don't those know. are the worst type of grifters. Too. I'm telling those you, man, disease denialists, like AIDS denialists and cancer cure. Uh, oh, that's the fucking worst. I, that, I don't, I can't do I stuff would, like I would like, rather talk about a million Ted DiBiase's before I talk about yeah, a fucking cancer, alternative cancer medicine person. Well, this his his mom wrote a few books, but I'm going to continue with that New York Times. She wrote a few like anti like holistic cancer cure books. So there's a lot going on, but th- I'm going to continue with the piece. She goes. She was also a member of the John Birch Society. <laughs> the, no fucking way. <laughs> the far right group known for its paranoid uh, anti communism, and she stockpiled beans, grains, and ammunition in case of a Russian invas- invasion. Hell yeah! <laughs> in Hell 1984, yeah. <laughs> she was chosen as the vice presidential nominee for the populist party, a favorite of white supremacists, its presidential candidate, the following cycle was the former Ku Klux Klan Ren wizard, David Duke. Oh, In her no. acceptance, oh yes. This, she is jackpot. Oh my God. <laughs> In her acceptance speech, she warned the crowd. And this is a quote. We're up against the most evil and powerful conspiracy the world has ever known. <laughs> she is like Jeez deeply pilled human being. <laughs> Oh my God! Just fucking. Oh, man, I'm, I'm not gonna say that on air, but you, you know, you know what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, it's bad. It's really fucking grim. That's who this. That's his mother. This is who. This is where he's coming from. And I think it's really kind of funny because I start like I think the more I read about this guy, I'm more like he's like the Alex Jones that never made it. You know, like his because right. Jones's parents were Birchers, and this woman's a Bircher, but. When she ran for office, she actually ran on the American Independent Party, which is the same party that ran George Wallace for president in 1968. Do you know George Wallace? Have we talked about George Wallace? Um, His name sounds very familiar. So he is the um, governor of Alabama for for four terms. Yes, we yeah. have talked about George Wallace. Yep. And I, in nineteen, go ahead and enlighten our audience, just in oh, case. God, this is for him his inaugural speech after being elected governor for the first time in Alabama. He said it is very appropriate that from this cradle of the Confederacy, the very heart of the great Anglo-Saxon Southland, that today we sound the drum Holy for freedom. Fuck. I know. As our generations of forebears before us, time and time again, down through history, let us rise to the call of freedom-loving blood that is in us and send our answer to the tyranny that clanks the chains upon the South. In the name of the greatest people that have ever trod this earth, I draw the line in the dust and toss the gauntlet before the feet of tyranny. And I say segregation now, segregation tomorrow, segregation forever. Do you know how fucking brain rotted you have to be? The tyranny is just black people. He's talking about black yeah. people. No, That's he's it. talking about he's talking about the federal government telling people that black people can go to the same schools as white people and and eat in the same restaurants. That's what he's saying. He's like the, the oh, feds dude, can't tell us how we treat our on. blacks down here. That's what he says. Just fucking shoot, put them full of holes. Like <laughs> the only, the he, only this was his way. first term in office. He served four terms. And there were spaces because he'd only do eight at a time. So he like ran for re-election and won multiple times in Alabama through the 80s, Dalton. <laughs> oh my God, dude. And he ran for president. <sighs> and this woman this... ran on the same party, not the same election cycle. She he's a he's a lot older than she, but like she's running in the same party. This country is fucked, dude. <laughs> oh God, I'm telling you. Well, somebody shot Jordan Wallace. Alienating our listeners. This country is fucked up. It's it's bad. 
but I just, so, I mean, there you go. That's who he's raised by. This is the person who's in his life. Um, Dalton's you know. uh, favorite phrase is the, the Confederacy will rise again. So <laughs> he's all about this guy. I don't Obviously. know if you've ever heard Dalton actually talk about the people he's surrounded by. Sometimes it's definitely not true. That I, can assure you. I don't know. He's... Dalton's like, get me out of here. <laughs> when you're around because you're from the north, but when he when he when you're when not you're around, Ohio, when you're not around, he, he tries to convince me because he thinks I'm weak minded. He Charlie. tries to convince me that the South will rise again. Charlie, all I'm going to say is whenever I took that drive from Cleveland to Columbus, I saw more Confederate flags in Ohio than I've ever yeah. seen in Georgia. That's what I'm saying, dude. That's what I'm There's saying. a shitload of them upstate New York, too, man. Um, you know. Yep. Um, oh, man. All right, so let's see. Where is this? Next <laughs> and, you know what Dalton says? Integration now. <laughs> Integration <laughs> forever. <laughs> you know, we need more black people on this podcast. So there is going to be a stock market scare that is going to put this sort of scare into people where it looks as though these various banks may collapse or that something's going to happen where they then will say, well, we've got to shore up the banks and we've got to help them out any way we can. So let's repeal the Glass-Steagall Act and allow them to get involved in speculative stocks. Like so, you're, so you're really predicting uh, volatility, but not collapse. Uh, correct. But, you know, because they're going to take these, these actions towards it. The next thing is, and this is going to be the most important thing, what they desperately want to get their hands on. When I say they, this consortium that wants to centralize everything. The two biggest cash cows out there that that they want to get into is the mutual funds and social security. Sure. So what they want to be able to do is allow, you know, grandma and grandpa out there or any of these retirees to be able to take their mutual funds, these gigantic cash cow mutual funds and roll them in the stock market. If that is allowed to happen, and this is the this is the the, the predicate instance, if mm-hmm. this is allowed to happen, you will see the market go insane. You will see it go to well over 10,000 it will never go as high as 12,000, but 12,000 is the actual peak that the market will reach before this occurs. But if they now are gambling their mutual funds, and if they are now allowed to take a portion of Social Security and put it in the stocks, well, guess what's going to happen when they pull out the rug? Hmm. They have everything, everything. The mutual funds, the Social Security, everything. And people are just building the gallows right now, just getting ready to put their necks, necks into the noose. Mm-hmm. Because when they implode this, it's going to be done in a very specific manner in such a way that they will then be able to centralize the, centralize the banking structure and basically get what they want by about the year 2002. Now, this all plays in to, and I, and I guess, well, so let me make a prediction. So the prediction is going to be the biggest stocks this year that you can invest in, number one, are going to be commodities, specifically wheat. There's going to be like a wheat disease of some kind. And a lot of this harsh weather that's going to be occurring in the Midwest is going to is going to pound the wheat crop. So if you uh, if you buy wheat now, wheat's going to be a good commodity. Another sure. thing that's kind of interesting is that because of the weather that we've had here in California, um, 1997 is going to be a bumper year for California wines. So I don't know if you can actually go out and buy stock in vineyards, but it's going to be one of the best years ever for wines in in California. The 97 wines for 1998. Good. Um, the other aspect of this is, is that uh, gold will probably reach some record lows. It's, 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 it's been very, very low now. They're finding That's right. lots and lots and lots of gold all around the world. 
So now is probably the best time ever to actually start buying gold because I think it's almost it's almost rock bottom oh, now. Oh no! Yep. Oh, <laughs> here we go. Uh, man, it always here goes back to gold. Go. It either always. goes to gold, either goes to gold or the Jews, and I feel like in this case you might hit both of them. God, yeah. So lots of. Always goes back to gold. It's it's I, I I don't even know what to say about it. It's always gold though. Does he own like a does he part does he partnered with like a gold business? Brother, gold is recession proof. That's why. I mean, that's <laughs> as old as can fucking be. My dad always said to fucking get into gold because oh, yeah. of that. So it's been and then like once the dollar got off of the gold standard, if it gets you know, and that's usually how you can find a, a right winger in a crowd. Um well, those fucking, are, uh, they're just playing the hits it's memes i know art's in bed with like a gold dealer and i know like alex is too i mean yeah. sean is I, sean in bed he with doesn't like a gold he guy? doesn't not that i'm aware of but he, that doesn't mean he's not helping to shill for art like that's totally yeah. within the realm of possibility um he was talking about wheat you know uh he, he there's a lot there yeah, he, he had a few like he, like uh 401ks and stuff getting merged into like getting put into stocks like that did happen they're still in funds mostly. Yeah, they're they're loosely based around that. But that happened. He did. There is some stuff that I was like, oh, this is kind of weird. The Dow Jones peaking at twelve hundred or twelve thousand was a little hard to verify because I didn't know right. if he was just talking about that year. He said, uh, I mean, it didn't touch twelve thousand until two thousand and six. This interview is from nineteen ninety seven. So I mean, he's he's a little off as to like when it's going to be years, right? <laughs> but if he meant. I don't know if he meant just 1998 or he just meant in the long term. If you meant in the long term, that's a really bad prediction. If you meant 1998, he's wrong. Um, right. I mean, it also, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming since this is a 1998 prediction episode, I'm assuming he means 1998. He also yeah. mentioned it hitting 10,000. It never did that in 1998. Um, it's it's obviously it just the difference between 1998 and now on the Dow Jones is crazy. Like if you think right. that like every year it just goes up a little bit, a little bit today, it's 34,000. So I mean, it's, it's, it's triple. We're in a different world than 1998. Oh, yeah. I mean, in 20, yeah. in 25 years, the value of the Dow Jones is tripled. That's crazy. That's unnatural. I think that is. Um, also wheat prices. Didn't I pulled up what wheat commodities were tra- trading for? That was not a very good investment. You would have lost your money <laughs> for the next yeah. two years. Had you invested in wheat? Um, what about a uh, California wine? You can't invest in California. He even said that himself. He's like, I don't think you can <laughs> so invest. He's in. he doesn't know if you can. <laughs> well, he knows everything because he's been to sixteen hundred schools and got every kind of doctorate you can think of. Plus, he trained with the Dalai Lama. The Dalai fucking Lama. Yeah, he should know <laughs> if anybody does. Um, yeah. And that's some shit. Like, if you go ask a, a psychic a question, he's like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I. I'm gonna give him a little credit. I got a clip. It's quick clip. I'm gonna give him some credit because he. He he's wrong, but he was way ahead of the curve on being wrong. Um, okay, quick. Iraq has been nuclear for quite some time. Iraq has actually had four nuclear weapons, only two of which actually work. Um, and that's one of the reasons why the Gulf War stopped. Is that uh, you know Saddam Hussein laid down a blackmail charge to the United States, saying I've got these two working atomic weapons, which we know he has, and one of them was pointed at Tel Aviv, and the other one was pointed at the oil fields right outside of Jeddah. And that's what stopped the war. We said, okay, fine, we've taken back Kuwait, you know, everything's right. cool, we're not going to march into Baghdad. And that came from one of, a friend of mine who was one of George Bush's personal advisors during the war, who was a firm, former Iraqi fighter pilot. 
Bush George Jr. W. Said Bush it. said, what the fuck did you just say? Yeah, she said at home fucking eating some pretzels going, oh, I know what I'm doing. You just wait till I'm the president. I'm going to get in there. In the name of those Find them weapons of mass destruction. Yeah, I think canon going forward should be that Sean David Morton put the the nuclear weapons in Iraq ear in George W. Bush. Absolutely, fucking literally. That's, that's head canon for me that's now. That's official. Yeah, well, he wasn't right, but you know he was how, like, I said, like some. You know how like in some video games when you make an action, it's like so-and-so like this? Yeah. Or so-and-so dislike this? Whenever he said that, like in my head, it's like George Bush liked this. <laughs> 100%. He actually is not... He like Alex Jones is not a very big fan of George Bush, so not the not the George Bush. Yeah, um, he also does some things. One thing not I watch this drive. <laughs> Such a good all timer clip. Oh, God. he might be. Listen, I'm not a fan of either one, but him and Trump are both up there for like funniest president of all time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're t- yeah, you're t- yeah. I think he was talking about Herbert Walker. Is that, is, no, that I, yeah, I know. I know he's talking about George H. W. Bush, but whenever he said nukes are Iraq, George W. Bush was like, "Hold a fucking second, <laughs> hold on a fucking, <laughs> hold my hold my milkshake," because he didn't drink. That was his whole thing. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, like he's got crazy stuff, and we're just gonna play um a couple of more clips, and then we can we can start to wrap things up. But I, I wanted to bring to light one thing that he does. Talk. He's an anti-vax guy for sure. I mean, like he is. That's right. That shouldn't come as a surprise at this point. Um, but he's got a really cool uh, thing. He talks about how the military has been planting chips in people. And you hear this with vaccine conspiracies right. that like, oh, I'm not going to get the 5G kip chip. But he actually says that the um, the military computer that can, they call the BEAST, which stands for Battle Engagement Area Simulation and Tracking. And that's actually the the computer that's going to control the actions of this chip that's going into everybody's body. And then he's calling it the mark of the beast. So that if you get these, these chips are the mark of the beast. He ties it into Satan. It's just silly stuff, but. It's wild. This is like a little side tangent, I guess a shocker, but uh, it's shocking. Like that a lot of military dudes are like anti-vax because i don't know if you know like anybody that's like uh been in the military recently they pump so much shit in you dude they have like they call it the peanut butter shot because like it's so fucking thick with inject with like injections that mm. like it feels like a lump of peanut butter going in it's just every fucking vaccine that's all it oh, is yeah. oh yeah Absolutely. and they give it to it, they give it to every person that goes through basic training or boot camp and it's wild to me that these guys are sort of like anti-vax. And it's like, bro, you have every vaccine in you right now. <laughs> it's all running in your blood. Yeah, but they, right. they they didn't go into the military thinking that. But they definitely somewhere along the lines, they they leave it thinking that. Right. <laughs> that seems to be the, the – so something is happening in the military. <laughs> it's fucking just like it's propaganda. That's all it is. They propagandize these people while they're in basic and boot camp, and they yeah. come out fucking murderous, baby killing machines oh, with PTSD, and it's awful. And, and I don't know. I I feel I I get maybe I'm more compassionate than I should be, but I feel sorry for a lot of those people. I, I mean, I you know, you know my stance that they fucking they're victims. They they got grifted into it. Absolutely. But like I digress. So, I'm not going to go on that tangent again and fucking maybe get hate mail. <laughs> We're going to do another real quick one. This one's about football because football art loves football. Uh, he brother. loves he loves his Green Bay Packers. Um, and they're going to talk about football. And this is this is December. 
of 97. So the Super Bowl's coming up pretty soon. Um, so let's see if we can predict some Ooh, Super Bowl wins. We got some football predictions. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, look, we're getting near the top of the hour. One lighter prediction for the end of this hour. And uh, it's a short-term prediction. I want to ask you, well, I'm, I've got a specific question. Who is going to win the Super Bowl? Oh, 49ers. The 49ers? <laughs> oh, yeah, 49ers. <laughs> uh, how can they do that without I'm, Rice? I'm totally what prejudiced. What kind of prediction though. is that? I'm totally prejudiced. I grew up in San Francisco, so any psychic abilities I have, I throw out the window because i got to bet on the Niners. I've been, <laughs> I've been going to the 49er game since I was a kid. Uh-huh. It's gotta be. It's, it's gotta be the Niners. But gotta you, love those Niners. You, I mean, you say that even after the the terrible, terrible embarrassment they had a couple of weeks ago. What was well, it? You know they're going to beat the Vikings. <laughs> well, maybe the Vikings, but uh, how are they going to get pack, uh, past the pack? I think it'll be a great game. I think it'll be. I, I, I think it'll probably be the Forty ers and the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl. And Kansas City? What about? I don't know, the, it's terrible. What about the Packers? I don't think I've. I don't think I've. I've never been too good at football predictions, but <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> because it's something you can fucking prove. <laughs> yeah, well, also, he probably just doesn't know anything about football. Um, and he 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 does say, he's like, I've never been good at football. Pred-. Yeah, I know. And you're still not very good because Art Bell actually has more predictive power because the Packers were in the Super Bowl and they were not against uh, Kansas City. Or um, the 49ers, they played Denver and lost, and Denver won the Super Bowl. So, silly stuff. Oh, yeah. And it's like, you should have a pretty good idea of like what's probably going to be the playoff season by the er- like the end of December <laughs> in, right. in the previous year. I was like, it's like, really going it to start... not take a psychic to figure out. <laughs> uh, I just think it's funny that Art called it and <laughs> his, his psychic guess had no idea. Um, all right, so I've told you, and again, everything is, except for the Victor stuff, everything's been from the same episode. We've covered a lot of grounds, and we've got right. a new conspiracy to get into. Oh, He's a no. hollow earth guy as well. <laughs> no fucking way. Here we go. <laughs> uh, for you, uh, Mr. Morton, i got a two-part question. Uh, do you believe... Um, extraterrestrial civilizations come and go from bases underneath the Earth's crust, and do you believe uh, the human race are the result of their their uh, their imperfections? All right, all right. So uh, are there things, people um, living within the Earth? Well, according to According to the Tibetans that I lived with in Nepal, yes, they said that they they speak of a serpent race of beings that are called the Nagasarachi, which are part of their fucking their lizard records. people. Um, according to you know many many of the contactees and abductees that I've spoken to, they talk about the crust of the Earth being um, very porous. That there are huge subcontinents. As a matter of fact, they discovered a gigantic subcontinent underneath uh, Tibet. Uh, which is called Akarta Major, and then another area which is called Akarta Minor underneath the Gobi Desert. But actually the subcontinent underneath Tibet was discovered by the Red Chinese when they were doing atomic testing in the late 1980s, which had been um, what the Tibetans had said was there all along. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff crawling around underground. The, the, the planet is uh, very porous. It's very There, there are large tunnels and, uh, and subcontinents and, you know, God knows what's under there. I've heard specifically about the Nagasarachi, which are a serpent race who are somehow controlled or allied with the Alpha Draconians, 
um, very much like supposedly the human races on the surface are supposed to be allied with the Pleiadians and the Syrians and what have you. Which All right, are we the descendants of... All right, I'm going to stop it there. Yeah, I love it when we get into ancient aliens bullshit. <laughs> no, I love just, it. He's done everything. This guy has never met a conspiracy that he didn't love, that he didn't want to start to spread and believe in right. or promote. And I think that's a little, that's about what's frustrating with him because he, that's what comes across to me as being so phony is like, no mm-hmm. one like conspiracy theorists like tend to get one or two that are interrelated. And those are what they believe in. This guy right. is like everything. Oh, you think that's a theory? I think you might be onto something, but I'm going to tell you something even more, you know, mind breaking because I'm brilliant and you're not. <laughs> you I'll tell know? you what, Art, you ever heard of this guy named Zachariah Sitchin? <laughs> yeah, he interviewed Zachariah. <laughs> oh, yeah, so good. only once. And it, it, it wasn't a really long interview. I think it was about a half hour. Um, yeah, he just it's it's the guy is just like a fucking like just a conspiracy machine. Cre- yeah, like a conspiracy yeah. content generator. It, it's wild. God, um, I would, this guy, he's still around, right? Oh, yeah, he's still alive. And we're going to talk we, about kind of what he's up to. We, if we like didn't like smarten him up to like what we are, do you think we could we get, get him on the show? Oh, fuck yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. You know why? Because you know what other show he's on? A lot. What? Oh, my God. This is your favorite show in the world. And I mean that no. I actually really like it and you hate it. What? Project Camelot. Oh fuck, dude! Sweary Carrie needs to get the fuck off my radar. Jesus Christ! Hey, Cassidy's, yeah. Anyway, he's on there a bunch. They fight. Dude. They get into really big arguments, but he's on there all he, the time. <laughs> if he's on, if he's on Project Camelot, we can sure as fuck get him on this show. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I have his. I have what? What of his old email addresses? I'm. It's probably Austin. still working. <laughs> we need to line up an interview. I with this really guy. don't want to talk to this guy, <laughs> dude. I'm telling, dude, it'd be so good for the fucking brand, though. Oh my god, nobody knows dude. who he is. He's just this bum. They do fucking now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> Patreon content. Just saying, dude. I'm telling you. Um. I want to. I, I would love to sit in on an interview for uh, this guy. I don't even know where to start. He's gotten a little bit more unhinged. I, I'm not going to really talk about Good. most of his current That's stuff. Content, brother. It's, That's content. It's it's hard Q shit. Well, just let me finish the story before you start saying that. Let's just let's okay. keep going, okay? So okay. he's going to talk about something. Um, I just have to find the spot, but he's gonna he's gonna really start to get into. Um, some other moments where he really shows his own ass. Uh, but for a second, let me just make sure it's uh, playing on our screens this time. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to. All right, got it. Here we go. Caller, this is a caller calling in with a question on the show. West of the Rockies, you're on the air with Sean David Morton. Hello. Yeah, actually, my question was um, what connections to the domestic or military intelligence communities does your guest have, his sensitives, and does he predict in our lifetime that George Bush will ever serve any time in prison? <laughs> Good one. one All right. Uh, are, are you in the CIA? Uh, uh, no, so I've, I've never been in the CIA. I've never been in the military. Uh, you know, the closest I've ever gotten in the military was basically climbing up on top of a hill that looks down on Area 51. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we certainly pissed off a lot of people in the military when oh, I was sure. working for Geraldo and, and, uh, you know, I'm basically just a, you know, I'm an, I'm, I'm a good Austin researcher. Pos- I'm an investigative reporter. What? what the fuck did he just say? 
He worked for Geraldo. He says he was a producer on Geraldo's show, which maybe no is fucking totally possible. He has a bunch of Hollywood roots. He even directed a movie, which I'm going to put up on our on our uh, Discord. It's fucking terrible, but it's it's there. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk wow. about that a little bit. It's just uh, holy shit. <laughs> okay, keep yep. going. It just keeps going. A lot of television, uh, you know, who happens to be a sensitive. It has a lot of spiritual training, both theological and. Uh, monasterial in Tibetan disciplines and, and Western theology. But no, I, I have no connections to any military organization, trust me. Yeah, no connections to military organizations. So this is a problem because he, on a previous interview with Art Bell, he said this. Uh-oh. I found you. I got, we I got him. I wasn't we fucking got him. I really wasn't trying that hard. Um... Um, just to let you know what I know, this is I, I have some very, very high sources in the government. Um, my, my dad used to be vice president of uh, TRW, and he was a public relations director for NASA. And I've got two godfathers who've walked on the moon. And my uncle Donnie was, a, uh, uh, was an admiral in the Office of Naval Intelligence. So I've, I've got a lot of sources, guys who are ex-CIA and guys who are ex-ONI, uh, ex um, who basically, if I submit my questions to them in a certain way, they can find things out and give me yes or no's and, and let me know what's happening. Oh, what a uh, fucking liar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, my grandfather walked on the moon. Uh, my dad was uh, president of the world. Uh. Yeah. So, I mean, this is 94. His grift had completely changed. Everything about, like, his presentation. In 94, he was presented as, like, this film producer, TV producer. He was on, like, hard copy and doing all this other stuff. He made that stupid fucking movie called Joe Killionaire, which I bought a copy. They had to ship it from the fucking Philippines. And I, <laughs> I wow. ripped it, so I'll put it up on the Discord. It's it's not good. Uh, I was gonna make you two watch it, and then I watched it, and I was like, I'm not gonna do that to them. Um, you know where you can watch this movie at? Over at uh, Patreon.com/slash If You Catch My Grift, you get access to our Discord for uh, how much does that Patreon cost? Five dollars. Five dollars. You get access to our Discord. Come chat with the fucking boys. <laughs> uh, check out this god awful movie. I, I make real terrible jokes in there all the time. I'll give you a little pitch that I made the other day. Nobody reacted to it. I guess it was bad. Uh, Hardy's the Hardy Boys from wrestling. No, you know them, Jeff, this Matt, the Hardys. Uh, their theme song is uh, just a royalty free music. Donna, 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 Donna. That song is just royalty free music. So what if I made a porno, right? With starring Matt Hard and Jeff Hard. They come in the scene. Donna, 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 and they just like fuck this chick. That's the that's the pitch. Boo. That's why nobody responded. This is a terrible <laughs> idea. Let me just say I posted that same pitch word for word in a different Discord and they got a huge ovation. Very <laughs> <laughs> different place. So that is most of what happened in this interview. I, I got one more clip for the very end, but that that's kind of most of it. However, I'd say around this time, like 97, 98, he had a lot of other predictions that he made that never panned. Well, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to let you decide. So he claimed okay. that the tombs of Alexander the Great and Genghis Khan would be found along with billions of dollars worth of gold. He said that the Federal Reserve will crash. He said paper money will be replaced by a smart card, and the smart card has all your financial information on it. That's I can see the debit card. Okay, yeah. I'll give you that one. Um, got it. The, the IRS, got it. Would, he got it. He fucking nailed it. Yeah. Well, now <laughs> here's his next one. The IRS would be gone by 1998. 
Boy, I fucking wish he was right. <laughs> Said that um, Clinton was going to suffer a heart attack, that Castro would be overthrown in Cuba. Um, he said that this is I this makes me hate him. Uh, a sexually transmitted disease is cured and it's probably AIDS. So that fuck you, dude. Um, yeah, Boy. I mentioned before you talked. He's talked a lot about planes dropping from the sky in 1998. That didn't happen. Um, he said that there was a UFO mothership that was going to be caught on film in uh, somewhere, probably in Arizona. He's uh, in Walker Mad- Ranch. <laughs> well, yeah, in Walker Ranch. Madeline Albright. I'm pretty sure that's Utah, but there's still no. There's yeah, not a lot of Arizona. I said Arizona. Charlie, yeah. where is that? And this the fucking ranch is definitely in uh, Utah, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Oh uh, yeah, I thought yeah. Okay. But I mean, it's the fucking West. It's all the same. It's all desert. Um. He said to Ted Kaczynski. Ted Kaczynski would get the electric chair. He said that a bunch of dams are going to start to break open in California. He said that Madeleine Albright would be attacked by terrorists and is either hospitalized or killed. So <laughs> uh, this guy's got yeah, not a, not a lot. But yeah. um, by 2010, things really start to become problematic for him. So this is the Ooh. comeuppance that hopefully you've been waiting for. Um, it was a very bad year for Mr. Morton, and this is from the SEC's press release, just so you know that now the Ooh. SEC is involved in this shit. He's in trouble. <laughs> That's it. On March 4th, 2010, the Securities and Exchange Commission uh, filed a civil injunction to action in the United States District Court for the Southern District of New York, charging Sean David Morton, a nationally recognized psychic who bills himself as, quote, America's prophet, unquote. Oh, boy. And three corporate entities that Morton co-owns for engaging in a multi-million dollar offering fraud. (laughs) There's the grift, boys. (laughs) Morton claimed that he could use his psychic expertise to provide investment guidance to his investing team, and he falsely touted his historical success and physically predicting the various rises or I'm sorry, this, this is not physically it's a typo. It says in psychically uh, predicting the various rises and falls of the market. Morton further claimed that he would use the pooled funds to trade in foreign currencies and distribute pro rata, the trading profits among the investors. However, according to the complaint, Morton lied to investors about his past successes. Go figure. What a surprise. Right. And um, about key aspects of the Delphi Investment Group, including the use of investor funds and the liquidity of the funds, and that the profits in, in the accounts were audited and certified. Altogether, Morton fraudulently raised more than $6 million from more than 100 investors in the, Indel- in the Delphi Investment Corporation. God, man. So <laughs> you would think if he was a psychic, he could have saw uh, this trouble coming. Yeah. You're right. Like that's, I mean, that's the joke. That's an old joke because it still works, but yeah, he, it always hits because it's always true. Yeah. And I, and I, so I want to speculate a little bit because this is, this is kind of what happened. His, his Delphi newsletter went from like predicting earth changes and like talking about UFOs and things like that to slowly becoming more and more about like, if you get this newsletter, you will make money because I will tell you what to invest in based on my psychic powers. That's and that's the grift because that's the grift. Yeah, he's using these powers to just make himself money. I you you can't see audience, but I made air quotes around powers. Yeah, Yeah. 
And he's using Art Bell's listener base, which is massive. I mean, Art Bell at one point, I think, was the third most listened to radio show in the country. That's like, fucking nutty to me. Yeah. I mean, so like he's using this this platform, which is a toilet country. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's damn, a good dude. show. He's just, got, he's just got some shit guests mixed in there. You Art Bell, the third. Listen, I understand. Like, How many radio talk shows it? do you listen to? This is pre-podcast. How many talk shows do I listen to? Yeah. None. That, yeah, exactly. Excluding podcasts, none. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you're not listening to all. I mean, there's not a big, you know, breadth of, of radio shows. You just kind of get what you can. And Art was the only one on national radio that was talking about weird you stuff. Know, now that you talk about it out loud, like, I can only think of three talk shows, and none of them are, like, good people. It's fucking Art, <laughs> Art No, oh, right, four, I guess. Rush Limbaugh, Art Bell, Paul Harvey, and Alex Jones. Howard Stern. How I guess that was like he's not even close to on our radar. Oh, okay. Well, he was very much on mine, but I live in New York, so that's part of it. Anyway, he so he gets in trouble. They 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 sort of move from Earth change to now like financial advice, and that's always going to get you trouble. So then from there, the thing morphs again, and he turns it into an investment group. So it, what you would do is you pull all your money. You, you know, into this thing and Sean uses his psychic powers to invest it in things that are going to have huge <laughs> returns. And what a shock that doesn't happen. Um, so sick. <laughs> so now he's in trouble. Oh my God. <laughs> this is the best oh, one. Sean. This is the best one. So now he's now he's in trouble. He's he's made his way from like uh, some a television producer to an Area 51 alien guy to a psychic who does earth changes to a psychic who can predict a lot of things inaccurately. And now that he's in trouble with all this money shit, he decides to pivot and become a sovereign citizen. Oh no, <laughs> they are the worst. And I hope I encounter one in the wild someday. <laughs> the fucking worst. Oh <laughs> so my God. This is Am from I being detained? Am I being detained? <laughs> so this, here we go. This is, this is also from the I New York actually Times. do not need a driver's license to drive in the sovereign country of the United States. I like it when the police <laughs> takes out the baton and pops their front windows out, you know, for refusing to open it up. And they're like, get out of the car. And then you just go, bam, bam, bam. <laughs> It's the only time I'm cheering for the police is when they're busting say, sovereign you fucking, citizens. Is, it, is this pro-cop uh, propaganda no, right now? <laughs> this is anti-sovereign citizen propaganda. These guys are crazy and they're dangerous. Um, so yeah. this is this is again from that Ashley Powers write-up in the New York Times. It said, Mr. Morton had spent years whisking ET-obsessed tourists to Area 51 for $99 a pop, then leveraged his following in distents on the wee, hour, wee hours conspiracy show Coast to Coast AM. At one point, the nation's number three talk radio program i knew i'd read that i forgot where it was um he dabbled in other uh fringe art such as remote viewing and psychic predictions about earthquakes elections and the stock market by the time mr lavender saw him talk in southern california mr morton had shifted to something truly fantastical instant debt relief he'd been oh my god <laughs> it just keeps going he goes Dude, been peddling... it just doesn't stop getting worse. No, it really doesn't. He um, does everything. <laughs> everything. He's, so he's peddling his workshop. Jack of the... all trades, master of master none. Master of none. Yeah. So his workshop was called The Sovereign Factor. The revolution starts with you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> not... <laughs> my. No, not that kind of revolution. <laughs> it says, a nod to what is known as the sovereign citizens movement at a loose network of perhaps tens of thousands of far right anti-government extremists, sovereigns um, share certain conspiratorial beliefs and sometimes a desire to profit off of government 
who's le- off of a government whose legitimacy they deny. And then he goes, in quotes, do you realize, read Mr. Morton's workshop description, you all uh, are c- considered incompetent wards of the state, residents, and the ch- chattel property of the United States federal government. Until you declare yourself emancipation, learn all the secrets about how to get the government off your back and out of your life once and for all. One of those secrets is called the bond process. By submitting the right set of papers, Mr. Morton said you can wipe out all of your mortgage, tax bills, and student loans. No, you can't. <laughs> no. Here's the other no. thing about sovereign citizen. If you say I'm a sovereign citizen, you've probably participated in fraud. Like you have participated in some sort of fraud, some yeah. sort of like document fraud, or there's something counterfeit in your existence. You, that's oh, just that I feel very comfortable making that blanket statement. Pay just pay your bills. <laughs> yep. no but now here's the part that i think is very funny and i i enjoy this a little bit because i just think it's so fucking stupid so they were indicted for a bunch of shit including trying to rip off the irs and this is um this is uh according to a superseding indictment sean david morton filed a series of false income tax returns for the years 2005 and 2010 that sought millions of dollars in refunds melissa morton who is his wife allegedly so filed uh, several false tax returns in the year 2007 the couple caused multiple copies and multiple versions of their income tax returns to be submitted to various irs service centers throughout the united states in 2009 and 2010 according to the indictment which alleged is that they attached false forms 1099 OID to support their claims for refunds. The indictment specifically alleges that Sean David Morton filed a false 2006 income tax return in 2010 that requested a refund of $2.8 million and in 2012 filed a document that sought a tax refund of $1.5 million. Listen, I'm all for cheating the government and like, like getting money from the government. But if your tax return hits seven ditches, seven digits, motherfucker, you're going to jail. Yeah. <laughs> you are going to and jail. And they're also based around fake papers. So right. what happened was what do you hold on? What do you do whenever the IRS shows up at your door like, hey, we're auditing you? What the fuck do you do? Well, they just kept decline, they kept denying the claims and they just kept doing it and papering these IRS offices over and over again all over the place until they found one guy who was asleep at the wheel. And actually issued one of these refunds. And that's exactly what happened. One of the IRS offices issued a refund to them incorrectly. They didn't know they didn't get this. This this is blatantly stealing from the IRS. They issued a return for four hundred and eighty thousand dollars. They they their, their system has you know levels like anything would where they can go and check and make sure that that's right. So internally it got audited. They discovered that this was fake. This was all bullshit. They asked for the money back, and Sean's like, I don't have it anymore. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's a lot of fun. They were arrested. Uh, the charges that Sean was facing carried up to 650 years in prison. <laughs> this is many crimes, right. but um, they were found guilty, and Sean was sentenced to six years in prison and was ordered to pay that $480,000 in restitution to the IRS. Melissa, his wife, was sentenced to two years, but not before this happened. And this is from this is a letter that she wrote to the judge. It said, prior to sentencing, Melissa sent a letter to Judge Stephen Wilson claiming that she had been duped by a number of sovereign men, her husband being one of them. She described herself as just a simple 
simple girl from Utah who was dazzled and taken in by the glamour of Hollywood, saying this girl from Utah was just not educated enough to know any different and believe her husband. Melissa also wrote that she was re- reconnecting with her heavenly father and said that she needed brain surgery in the not too distant future. Oh, girl, just go to jail. <laughs> girl, stop. <laughs> I, I'm not sure if they're still married. Um, they were also barred from doing any business that involves debt relief for the sale of financial instruments. That's probably good. And on July, on January 4th, uh, 2021, Morton was released into home confinement. And since then, he's shown up on a bunch of right-wing and Q-adjacent podcasts mentioned earlier, Project Camelot with Carrie Cassidy. Mm. So you can absolutely watch that. I'm not going to. Um <laughs> So I swear, Gary. Before I wrap this up, we're almost done. We got one more clip to play. I want to leave leave you with a clip of things that have not come true yet, right? So he predicts further out uh, into the future, and these are the things that, according to Sean David Morton, we have to look forward to. All right, let me share what you got from Shawnee, baby. Let's go. Ooh. What is your prediction of the life of our son? Ah. It's fine. It's what a billion years. It's going to go on a long time. Planet Earth is going to be here a long time. We got to, you know, we, we the the Earth itself has at least another ten to twenty thousand years in it. Question not, is whether we're going to be here on it. Well, we're just the the period. That, this is where everybody gets confused. The period that we're entering now is the pre-millennium. We're not entering the millennial period that's spoken of in prophecy, or even of the uh, or by the Great Pyramid of Giza. We're entering a pre-millennial period, very, very briefly and very quickly. This is a good question. By 1999, the date that's given in the Pyramid of Giza is February 21st of 1999 is when the kingdom of heaven comes to earth. That means the battle lines are going to be drawn about what it is that people believe and what it is they are willing to do and sacrifice to make their beliefs a, a physical thing on the planet. Well, I still know that we're going to be here for a while. <laughs> yeah, even though the you know uh, the kingdom of heaven came to Earth uh, 24 years ago, there will be a 40-year Exodus period that leads up. This is according to the biblical, uh, according to the pyramid time coding, a 40-year Exodus period that will lead to the highest state of mankind and the lowest state of mankind, literally heaven on Earth and hell on Earth at right. the same time. Right. And this 40-year Exodus period allows one entire generation to pass away. So a new generation will grow up educated in the laws of the laws of creation and the laws of, of, of freedom and how to think for yourself and fend for yourself, which then culminates in the birth of the next central messianic figure, very clearly points to a person born in Bethlehem in 2 B.C. as being the, the first central messianic figure, and the next central messianic figure will be born somewhere in England and or around the area of Stonehenge, in 2034 and take control of the planet through some sort of monarchical system by 2039, which would be the birth of the, the messianic figure, the Messiah. So is he talking about a second coming of Christ? What's yeah, he talking about? He is. He is talking about that in 2039, uh, where there's going to be a king of the world and it will be the Messiah. Okay. So we got that to look forward to. All right. Can't wait to see you, Mr. J. Yeah, so that's it. Uh, um, you know, the guy does have um, it, it, it is currently fighting cancer, um, which I don't wish on anybody. It's a horrible fucking disease. Even if your mom, oh, I was saying there's some irony there. 
there's some irony there well guess what she also died of cancer so that's there's there it, the irony is thick but i don't i don't like that as an ending yeah. for anybody um but that that's that's pretty much it i mean there's a lot there like the we didn't talk a lot about how he breeds cats and, and that's a weird thing or some of the 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 movie stuff that he did and joe Killionaire is just unwatchably bad it's so so bad um i love bad movies we gotta watch it yeah, there was a guy who was really into these UFO circles that was like on to Sean's bullshit and really tried to expose him very early. It's one of the earliest exposés I could find. Uh, and Sean sued him for libel uh, and lost. I mean, didn't lose. They just was thrown out. Like, it didn't even go to trial. Um, Sean has, what else does he do? There was something else I was going to follow up on. I don't remember what it is now. It's gone. I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll make this pitch on air. Why don't sometime next week? Uh, I won't have Harlan like Tuesday through uh, Wednesday or Tuesday or Wednesday. So why don't we get on Zoom and we can like just record the screen or whatever? You could screen share. We could do like a watch along of Joe Killionaire for the Patreon. It's bad, but yeah, let's do it. Okay, all right. And that's it. That's pretty much all I want to talk about this guy. It's been a long episode. I- I'm done talking about Sean David Morton. <laughs> okay you seem so fed up <laughs> i just he's just obnoxious you know you know what it is it's like he i think he just really wanted to be famous and he it wasn't happening in hollywood it wasn't happening in california doing these tv shows and these alien shows and i think he just decided that he was gonna be this like uh, really alex jones i think is what he wanted to be i think it's always right. what he wanted to be he wanted to be someone who had his own radio program millions of people would listen to and he could just spout all of his bullshit and, and create this like cold of personality but it never happened he's a star fucker you heard it in the beginning of the art bell episode you're just like gobbling them nuts like he's it's just, just what he is he, you don't here's the like it, tr- it's try hard is what it is you know yeah. it, it's too much it's it's if you'd have toned it back here's here's the thing about it psychic right the psychic actually called one major event correctly, perfectly. That's it. That's all they ever did. You would, they would be in the history books as someone who saw the future. They like, if you saw 9-11 before it happened and you went on every talk show that would book you, you were all over the internet and you were like, this is going to happen. It's going to happen. 9-11. And these are the details. This is the exact ABCD. Even if no one took the warning seriously, in hindsight, people would be like, holy shit, this guy, that's all you need. You don't need to. But that's why these guys aren't legit, right? Because they have to throw out all this bullshit, hope that something right. remotely similar to something they said at some point, it comes true. And then they can harp on that instead of just being like, this is what I believe. And that's why like those doomsday prophets always have an appeal because they like call the day. This is the day we're all going to die. This is the doomsday. It didn't happen. And they're like, oh, I had the day wrong. But they never change <laughs> beyond that. They just keep moving the date. But they're so sure about this one thing that people believe it and follow it. And I don't I don't know if that's psychologically correct or, you know, I'm not a therapist or the psychoanalyst. Right. Anyway. But I, I just I don't know. It, it just feels like if you just focused on one thing and one thing only and told everybody about it, it's boring. It's not good for content. But you would have actually been remembered with some credibility. All right. That's it for me. I think that's all I got. This guy just annoys me more than anything else. And he was always on and he just constantly changed his his grift and his introduction and his story. And it's like, and you didn't realize that this stuff would be so easily accessible 20 years later and you can actually listen to it all, but it's there. All right. 
Take us home, Dalton. We have friends. Check out our friends over at IW Guide. Jay Gold, Marcy, and Charlie, and Jayhawk just had a killer interview with a production from uh, Independent Wrestling Fame. You could find that everywhere you get your podcast. Check out our friends over at Hayabusi, uh, Stink Sheet, X Over, uh, Super Fantastic, if that's still a thing. Stacy, get on that. But uh, you can find us over on socials at Griff. You can find us on socials at Catch My Griff Pod. You can find me on socials at Griff Boy Doll. You can find Austin on socials at Griff Daddy. You can find Charlie on socials at Charlie underscore Butters. Gun to your fucking head. Buy our merch. Cmgmerch.bigcartel.com. Buy it now. Buy everything. Run us out of stock. I'm tired of it sitting there. I'm tired of my phone not getting any notifications. Buy our merch. I want to see that shit light up, motherfuckers. Buy our merch. Stay beautiful. No love. No no love. No hate. Just love. No, no violence. Love. No violence. Just love. Stay beautiful. Look in my eyes. What do you see? The cult of personality I know your anger I know your dreams I've been everything you wanna be Oh, I'm the cult of personality Like Mussolini and Kennedy I'm the cult of personality the cult of personality The cult of personality
can do for you.